you know, if you had told me 25 years ago that, dude, you better grow up because you have no understanding of how to take responsibility for your experience of life. I would have, I didn't even, wouldn't have even known what that meant. Right. That's part of the problem, I think. It is. I mean, we're adult males and females on the outside. And most of us, me included, are immature seven-year-old kids on the inside. You know, and so a lot of growing up has to happen for to to walk in this land of quote unquote freedom. Uh because the you know, the way the system is concocted, it's that is halted for a reason, that internal development. Because if you can't develop the capacity to give to yourself what it is we're trained to search for from others, you're infinitely controllable. Welcome to Living 4D with Paul Check. Today's guest is Jason Leister. Jason is a self-professed recovering straight A sheep who spent the first 30 years of his life thinking, doing, and saying what he was told. One day, he realized that virtually everything he thought to be true was a lie. Since then, he has been on a journey searching for the truth about everything. He is the father of 10 children, is psychologically unemployable, and in addition to his work at FreedomWorks, publishes the Sovereign Business Daily e-newsletter, where he writes about sovereignty, freedom, family, business, and living well outside of the matrix. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and a warm review at the top of the show page on Spotify or at the bottom of the show page if you are listening on Apple Podcast. Your opinions matter and your ratings help us to grow and help more people to be healthy, find freedom of body and mind and to live their dreams. We hope you enjoy today's episode with Paul and Jason about creating freedom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Living 4D with Paul Check. Today, we are going to talk about creating freedom with Jason Leister from Freedom Works. It's works, right, Jason? Correct. I wrote it. Oh, yeah, I did write it right. I just couldn't read it there. It's freedomworkspca.org. And I was turned on to Jason Leister by my buddy, Nathan Riley, who is our family OBGYN. You've had probably heard him on my podcast a couple of times. He's a great guy. He's also got a great podcast. If you're interested, do you, Jason, do you remember the name of uh, Nathan's podcast? Uh, the Holistic OBGYN, I believe. Oh, that's right. Yes, the Holistic okay. OBGYN. I should remember that. He's probably going to be pissed off at me when he hears <laughs> me not remembering the name of his podcast. Uh, I think it's because I got so much traffic moving through my mind while I'm writing this book. But uh, he loved your service and, and working with you guys. And as I'm sure you know, he's been doing a lot of research into uh, everything we're going to talk about. And so his name will probably come up again. But, uh, you know, I looked at your website and I think the issue of freedom is extremely important right now for obvious reasons. And, um, I, I, I also think that a lot of people have really lost touch with what freedom is. Um, so as much as I'd like to really dive right into your background and what your association offers, I think the first item for me is, I'd like to hear your opinion on what freedom is and, you know, what is that from your conception? Because 
it seems to me everything you're about is right in the title of your website is about freedom and living with freedom. I think that's what the U.S. Constitution was intentionally designed for. And the people that came to this country that established it were interested in freedom. That's why they came here, because almost all of them came from some kind of tyranny. So why don't you kick us off with your genius, Jason, and teach us what freedom is? Well, I can tell you I have years, decades of experience in what it isn't. Yeah, well, uh, I think we all do. But, you know, you know, when people get numb to their their captors, then, you know, they, they show in brainwashing that one of the things that happens is they start to worship their captors. Yeah. And I think, you know, COVID has been a very, very clear indication that a lot of people have lost their capacity for rational thought, worship their captors only to end up injured or dead. Uh, and that's only one of a myriad of examples we could give. So go ahead and, and just give us your your idea of freedom. Sure. I think if I had had to put it in simple terms, it would be, well, one, it's the natural state of everyone. Number two, I think it's when there's no obstacle between your truth and its expression in the world. And you could talk, you know, you could dig many levels deep into that, but um, I can tell you my experience of how it felt to feel it because I was in the bios I send out for these things. I refer to myself as a straight A sheep. Like I was in it to win it. Every accolade I could earn, every grade I could, you know, get every external validation from authority that I could achieve. I was totally in that. And so when I started down this path, um, the feelings are, are very foreign. They're very uncomfortable. Uh, I didn't know what self-responsibility was, for example, until I was about 30-something. That's pretty know? normal. <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we're trained to well, – really, that word was not even in my mind. So let alone the feeling of what that feels like. Which to me, I mean, another way to describe freedom is just a radical self-responsibility. It is. And, you know, Osho says the most freedom is the most dangerous thing you'll ever experience. And I, you know, most people don't understand that, but misery loves company. That's the problem. And so as soon as you're free, people start wanting to attack you because it's like the tarot, the archetype of the fool and then in tarot, they give the example, the guy walking down the street naked with a lampshade on his head gets attacked by everybody, but only weeks or months later do they realize that it was that it had nothing to do with him. It's just that they were jealous that he was capable of expressing himself so freely, and they're angry at themselves because they can't. Well, and I think they're executing programs that you know were put there very purposefully and very carefully over many decades to protect the truth from ever coming out with layers of conditioning and pre-set responses to external stimuli. Like all of it is very well deviously concocted. And so most people, and I don't know why I, I didn't, I guess you could argue in many ways I did. If they feel freedom, the first thing that you're, you're, you would want to do is run the other way, you know, because at first it feels like an enormous weight uh, because of where I was coming from. And then over time, you realize that that's actually what power feels like. Yeah. 
like not how much can I lift power, but what is my capacity to hold life force power? And so that's a completely different journey and a foreign one to most people who were raised in the quote unquote normal world. So do me a favor, paint a picture for us. What does it look like when you're free? How does your life change? What's different? Well, I mean, if you happen to be living in a zip code of victimhood, you know, you moved out. <laughs> so, so nothing happens in your sphere of reality that is blamed on someone else. Like you really take on the understanding and responsibility that comes with being the creator of your life. And that's at a lot of levels, you know, that's um, at the level of your day-to-day activities, but that's more often and, and a little bit harder to get a handle on is at the level of feeling. So, you know, if you had told me 25 years ago that, dude, you better grow up because you have no understanding of how to take responsibility for your experience of life. I would have, I didn't even, wouldn't have even known what that meant. Right. That's part of the problem. I think it is. I mean, we're adult males and females on the outside. And most of us, me included are immature seven-year-old kids on the inside, you know? And so a lot of growing up has to happen for to to walk in this land of quote unquote freedom uh because the you know the way the system is concocted it's that is halted for a reason that internal development because if you can't develop the capacity to give to yourself what it is we're trained to search for from others you're infinitely controllable you are definitely yeah that's a codependent relationship that's dangerous it ruins marriages all the time ruins business relationships um there was a thought that came into my mind there a second ago uh it was this i think that what we're going through in the world right now with covid and the great reset is really our initiation into adulthood and we either pass it and create freedom and systems that are ethical and moral and you could say democratic if you want to use that word, uh, or we're going to be in an electronic jail and uh, God knows when uh, it'll be any different. You'll probably have to die to, to get out of it. But uh, I really do believe that we're in a, a, a bona fide initiation process and that the only way out is we have to prove to our captors that we do not have any interest in their uh, parental guidance or control, or whatever you want to call it. But uh, having uh, watched and studied this whole thing for hundreds and hundreds of hours, I've actually seen many programs uh, and recordings, such as the German lawyer, um, I forgot his name right now, the guy that's suing the people behind COVID. Uh, you know who I'm talking about? I do, but I won't be able to give you his name. Yeah, yeah. his name might come back to me, but he's deposed over a hundred of the top scientists, doctors, and experts in the world to gather the evidence to show that this is clearly criminal and, and is suing them for crimes against humanity at this very moment, um, including the Queen of England and Bill Gates and Melinda Gates and Fauci and many others. Um, but watching his uh, 
interviews. A number of them were with very skilled investigative journalists that had revealed documents from inside the uh, Davos group and people like that and uh, various others. And they referred to us as sheep, as rats, and as vermin. And clearly think that we're just toys to play with and, and we're in the way of them getting what they want kind of behavior. So when you're dealing with people that have that sort of a mentality that are your that are, you know, your programmers and, and you're and now trying to be our, our our captors and create this one world system, you either have to choose to to do what you've got to do to disengage from putting money in their pockets. You know, this is not a war that can be fought with guns and bullets. They've got more money than God. It has to be fought inside. And we have to create systems that do not keep funding the very brainwashing corporations that we're being controlled by, whether it be Google, Facebook, etc. Uh, and, and the question is, do people have enough self-discipline and maturity to not only disengage from these negative uh, forums that are used as brainwashing tools, but can we collectively get together and create systems that are moral and ethical and do allow free speech and do allow effective networking and that are based on a consciousness, not only of what we need, but what the planet needs. I think if we don't do that, well, then the, the, the future doesn't look too rosy. I don't know. What's your thoughts in that regard? I think that this, for whatever reason it's happening now, and there are a lot of explanations that you could apply to why now this is appearing, um, is really an opportunity for us to see how powerful we are. So Great. part of this self-responsibility and freedom thing involves all those people out there, the other, the ones we call they, which came first, them or our consent for them to do what they're doing, you know, and each, each human as he or she goes through their day has a choice. Do I keep giving my energy to this or not? And there are some ways where withdrawing that consent slash energy slash awareness, whatever you want to call it are easy. And there are other ways that are not convenient and scary and go against all that internal conditioning that we're dealing with. So you can look out there and say, wow, this is a real mess. You can also look out there and say, we created this because we allowed it. And therefore, we can now direct that power to what we deliberately choose to make. Amen. I'll bow to that. Namaste. Hallelujah. Because <laughs> there's no other option than that. You've just hit the bullseye. And the only thing I can do is split your arrow to confirm it. And that is exactly the initiation process i'm describing it is and there's a reason that we don't have initiation processes you know <laughs> yeah. in our society because they bring you to these types of choices and upgrades and paradigm shifts or whatever you want to call it all of that has been erased yeah and so now we've brought one on ourselves that's going to reach even the average Joe sitting in the middle of nowhere watching football on a Sunday in certain ways. Yeah. Yeah. Because if he's watching football on Sunday, he's already got his brain being hijacked from the inside and doesn't realize the reason that he's, or she is 
weighing 300 pounds has multiple core, mobili- core morbidities and not listening to their natural instincts is because they've been brainwashed by very advanced technology that they're not paying attention to and keeps causing them to repeat the same behaviors that are producing the results they don't want, which is by definition an addiction. Well, and we were never trained to love ourselves. True. So when you can't do that, you either have to find a way to get that, you have to be miserable, or you have to find something that can give you the illusion of that. And so that leads to all manner of non-life-supporting activities. Yes. Now, a question that I have for you, I think it's a very important one, is this. If we each are free and we act with the notion that we can do what we want to do, how do we stop ourselves from becoming pirates? Because that's the same justifications pirates used to take from other people. They said, fuck the law, screw it. If I can take it, it's mine. And really, I believe that the people behind all this are the (laughs) reincarnation of the pirates of the past because that's how they function. So one one of the things I think we have to look at to be honest about this concept of freedom is how do we create freedom for ourselves, but without taking freedom away from others? Yeah. uh, So I'm somebody who is here to hold a vibration that I can feel very deeply. And what I've learned over the years, I was raised very religious. So I started with that whole thing installed. And then as I pulled away from that, um, I started to learn more of the mechanics and the metaphysics of like how re- reality rolls out before us, right? And then our kind of dance that we have with however that works. And so I learned to kind of take more conscious control over what I'm emitting because those are the tomorrows I'm going to live, right? Yep. Um, and so that doesn't mean that, that, you can't hold a vibration of something that everyone will say is idealistic and that you have rose colored glasses on, because to me, that is how you create it. You maintain that vibration of the thing done. And then you move through the stages of reality that are required to get there. And you just described one of them. Practically speaking, we have like a thought form out there that might is right. That the greater force will overcome. And so Darwinism. Is that the truth or is that what we've been taught to project? Yeah. It's hard to say what the answer is there. Well, it's kind of like God. Um you you know the the Imago Dei archetype in Jungian psychology is the first archetype out of which all other archetypes emerge. Because in most people's belief system, God is the highest power. So the image of God, Imago Dei means image of deity. Um Whatever you believe your highest power is, whatever you believe that God wants or how it behaves becomes the, shall we say, the foundation blueprint for all the rest of your behaviors. And one doesn't need to be a genius to study the Christian God, the Muslim God, the Jewish God, or most of them to realize there's a lot of warring and a lot of violence and a lot of, you know, exactly the kind of shit that goes on in the world. But people think it's okay because that's how God does it. But the point, the deeper point Jung makes 
is he says regarding the Imago Dei archetype, it's impossible to tell whether your Imago Dei creates you or you create it. Right. As an analogy, it's hard to tell whether the mirror is creating the image of you or you're creating it in the mirror. There, it's a codependent relationship. You can't have your image without you being in front of the mirror. And this is why Buddha spoke of the codependent nature of thought and mind and, and how things create. And I think the, the key point is, is that we all have to slow down enough to look into the mirror of our own mind and say, what am I creating with the power of consciousness invested in me as an agency of consciousness, as an agent of the universe experiencing itself? And the reality of it is we can, we can allow anything in there from the darkest evil to the most beautiful good and the highest truth. But until we all get clear together on what freedom is and how we can offer that to each other and we recreate our image of freedom together, then we're always going to have this hodgepodge just like we do of religions fighting each other and politicians fighting each other. Because the problem is, is they're all worshiping different gods, not realizing that it's coming at the expense of their own health and vitality and it's not a collective dream together. I think part of part of what this whole great reset pandemic horseshit is doing is it's giving us an opportunity to see that we really need to come together and get clear on what it is that we all need together in order to be free period. None of us can be free without food, none of us can be free without water, none of us can be free without fresh air to breathe. None of us can be free without each other. How can you like right now, there's 4 billion people on this planet making less than $7 a day that cannot meet their survival needs. But the pandemic created 15 billionaires in the first 12 months and trillions of dollars are being made off of enslaving people. And the gap between the higher, the upper class and the lower, even the middle class is getting so massively wide when you've got 85 people owning 51% of the world's wealth, you have a very big crisis of belief systems. But we can't truly be free unless we bring enough of us into the fold to create a consciousness shift on the planet. And then we also have to accept the responsibility and make the sacrifices to make the change, which you described is not an easy thing to do. But it's 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 what's easier being put in jail or going to hell because that's the habit we're in or doing the work to create freedom and being conscious of morals and ethics and that we're all in this together and that if we work together we can create something beautiful yeah and i i think if uh there was some way to upend you know a question to ask is freedom a cause or an effect Mm -hmm. because if, <laughs> go ahead and answer that riddle <laughs> so most people would probably think it's something that is achieved right and i would argue it's the other way around it is something that is expressed and so for enough of us individually to do the work to be able to express that which at some level at some level you could argue that freedom is 
has nothing to do with circumstance, right? I mean, it's it's a pretty small level, but it's it's that's true. Yeah, because a circumstance is really your degree of freedom is is how you handle it. That's correct. It is your response, yeah. and over that you have complete control if you have those skills and awareness. Yeah. And should enough people be led to develop that and know what that feels like, that freedom then will rearrange itself on the outside. Yes. And so I, agree. I think you can come at it from both angles, but the understanding of what is creating the world we see, like we're just living what we've had on the inside for a long time. And now it's- Yeah, we're, we're projecting. It's just in everybody's face and they don't like it. Mm-hmm. And what a great reminder- should you have eyes to see that you have the power to shift that with a choice. Absolutely. Hi, everybody. I'm very excited to share some big news with you today. This month, anyone with an internet connection will be able to learn my holistic system of exercise and conditioning. That's because we're finally putting one of my most important advanced training programs out to the digital world. That's Integrated Movement Science Level 1, which is now available online. IMS1 includes my physiological load assessment, postural assessments, stretching and mobility assessments, how to perform corrective mobilizations, instructions on improving stability, and a huge library of exercises, all of which are game changers for any practice. The physiological load assessment alone makes a huge difference in your client results and keeps them from getting injured and progressing more naturally and fully, which results in excellent walk-around marketing for you. Whether you're just getting started in holistic health and performance, or you're looking to upskill, or you just want to stand out from the crowd, IMS1 is the advanced training you need. To get early notification of the course release and win a 10% discount at the launch, please go to the check shop, that's C-H-E-K shop, thecheckshop.com forward slash I-M-S number one online. That's thecheckshop.com forward slash I-M-S one online and sign up. I know you're going to love this program. I've got nothing but excellent feedback for the years I've been running it live and it's super exciting to be able to share it with you online so you can learn at your own pace anytime, anywhere you have an internet connection. Enjoy. When they were doing all these mandates with masks and staying indoors, I'm like, I spent my entire life studying health, the physiological systems of the body, the psychology, religion, spiritual development, and every single thing that they were saying went against everything anybody that studied health or medicine honestly knows to be true. Yet I watched even the most skilled medical doctors and therapists fall right into it and go exactly against their years and years of training in universities and everything else. And so there you see the power of the brainwashing where a person negates. I saw yogis and holistic health practitioners that eat organic food and wear cotton clothes and uh, rescue injured frogs and all this other stuff run off to get vaccinated and behave like they were never educated in anything to do with yoga or health at all. And I'm when I watched this happen for the two years that it was most intense, it really 
pointed directly to a psychological operation that's been running for a very long time and is so, as you said, so embedded in a person's consciousness that once they get stressed, they it's well known in research that as you get stressed, you drop down in your levels of consciousness and you go closer and closer to your base childhood programming, which for a lot of people is Judeo-Christian, you know, <laughs> kill thy enemy, be subservient, uh, you know, the opposite of what uh, it's purported to be. Uh, but the point I'm making is you see them reverting backwards in consciousness, not being more creative, not saying, wait a minute, let's hold still and talk about this. Let's be, let's look into this. Why are we being forced to do things without any knowledge of the ingredients or the outcome? Why is this not being, uh, why is this not following scientific principles and the laws that were set out to protect people? I mean, the list of, <laughs> things that should have made people immediately stand up and go out in the streets and say, hell no, was so freaking long. It would take me 20 hours to list them all. But here you saw even the most supposedly knowledgeable, skillful people in the fields of health. I mean, some of the names of people that went and did followed suit shocked the living hell out of me. I mean, people I never would have dreamed of that. I won't say names just to be polite. Uh, you know, but one example I will give is Jordan Peterson. The day that I saw a video with him announcing that he got the vaccine, I about shit myself because that's the last person on the planet I figured would cave in to all this game because of what he spent his life representing. And I thought, wow, this is a real example of how superficial in, uh, intellectual knowledge is relative to authentic truth. In, in the core of a person's being. But that is, I mean, that is the point of the entire system starting from <clears throat> the first day you set foot in school. I mean, those kids are walking in, living in an alpha brainwave state with their subconscious wide open for seven to eight years, yes. not questioning anything that goes in. And this is what the work of, you know, people like John Taylor Gatto is all about, talking about what he was actually teaching in school as a public school teacher. Like, Conditional self-acceptance, you know, uh, predictable response to authority, not not impractical uh, for practical requests, but irrational ones. Yes. You know, confusion of everything is taught in different orders. Like all of this is very well planned. And so you look at all those quote unquote smart people. What we saw was the child inside yep. and the programs were running. Yes, they're always running in the background. And they, I mean, you cannot live from your head down. Like that is not a recipe for success in anything but the matrix. No, because if you're living from your head down, you're excluding your instincts. Your body knows more about freedom than your head ever will. Well, and the heart, I mean, your heart is emitting such a higher level of electromagnetic vibration, right? So it just your mind pales in comparison. And if you're raised to not only not be aware of that whole part of you yeah. and to have no clue about how to use that as your navigational system through reality, then you're sunk. Which is paradoxically what religion is supposed to be for. Religion is supposed to teach you to love, to, as Jesus said, love thy enemy as thyself, etc. But 
those are like the 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 that's the bait on the hook unfortunately and though there are some good parts of religion the the undercurrent of it is subservience and doing things that are completely irrational i mean all you got to do is read the bible i've i've got a book written by a very skilled psychologist that stated clearly no child should be allowed to read the bible till they're at least 18 years of age because the psychological damage it does to them is immeasurable i spent 20 years asking a being uh giving my will to that being and say you do it <laughs> you know like what do you mean thy will be done i recited oh, right. the prayer for most of my life and when I look back on that, I'm like, that's a really irrational thing to do. And it's being a totally terrible steward of the gifts I've been given. Yes. And unfortunately, participating in a belief system that annihilates any competing belief system. And so there's the piracy, right? There's the piracy. And, and so the reason I brought the question up is how do we protect ourselves from just becoming pirates in the name of freedom? is because that's one of the real concerns that a lot of people have about freedom. And that's why the government says we have to have a police force, we have to have a military, because there's bad guys out there and we've got to protect you. And, and the next thing you know, you start snooping around, you realize the bad guy that's supposed to be protecting us is the worst bad guy on the block. Yeah. Plus, I think um, it's easy to sell that when people are raised uh, to expect the illusion of safety and they believe in it because breathing is not safe. Stepping outside <laughs> is not safe. All of these things that we have been led to believe we should expect about the safety of our way through life. If we allow this, or if we listen to them, or if we do these things, it's really a lot of it just isn't true. No, most of it's not true. You know, it's, um, Jung, Jung says in his collected works, he says, no man is fully alive until he has the power to destroy himself. So the, the actual fact of it is, is we should all be dancing in the streets right now because we're walking on such thin ice that <clears throat> we have the power to destroy ourselves. We got enough nuclear weapons to destroy this planet 179 times over. I mean, if that's not just psychopathic, my point is, is according to Jung's statement, we should be fully alive right now because the threat to our own existence is a, enough of a quickening force. I mean, when someone points a gun to your head, your heart races, your adrenaline surges, and you know that you're, you're so alive because you're facing death. And I think if we take alive and death and say freedom and captivity, we should be fully alive right now because we're facing captivity by the most powerful people with the most advanced technology that have a long track record of not giving a shit about human beings and being happy to annihilate them, destroy them. I mean, what do you do with a guy like Bill Gates that's over and over again been in newspaper articles and TED Talks and everything else and says, we need to reduce the populations and we're going to use vaccines to do it. And people just sit there like sheep and just nod their head. I mean, if I was in one of those audience, I would have immediately gotten up, invited or not, and challenged him right on the spot. But people just sat there like looking at him like the great philanthropist. I mean, even my own mother, when I tell her the truth about Bill Gates, she, she gets upset at me. She goes, you don't realize 
how much he has done for humanity. I mean, mom, you've got to stop watching television because you are completely lost. And I can give you 50 articles and books to read to know the truth. But the, the brainwashing is so deep, they won't even look at the, the truth, right? That's part of the, that's called a defense meme in brainwashing or the science of memetics. You know, if you're a good little boy, you take Jesus as your savior and you do exactly what we say, you get to go to heaven. But if you don't, you go to hell. That's a defense meme. The offense meme is you get to go to heaven. But they got such a great plan, they don't have to pay you till you're dead, so they don't ever have to pay you. So the point I'm making is brainwashing comes with offense memes, rewards for behavior, and defense memes, punishments for, for bad behavior or ill conformity. And most people don't, aren't awake yet to the fact that when you're playing that game, you are not free. When you get up every day and say, okay, I'm going to take responsibility for what I create today. And for my relationships, and I'm going to take responsibility. Look, if I grew up on a farm. If we didn't feed our animals and water our crops and take care of things, we starved to death and we had no money. That's freedom. You've got the freedom to get drunk and, and act like an idiot and starve and become somebody's codependent. Or you got the freedom to say, this is how the laws of nature work. This is how reality works. So we have to work with reality to create something within the context of what freedom can be within the scope of reality. Yeah. The minute you train someone to run away from the feeling that is actually the feeling of life because it's uncomfortable, they'll never go to that boundary again. And, and, and don't we have evidence of that? Well, that's how they create their own prison for themselves. That's why they won't look outside because the idea of them standing apart from the collective and having to stand on whatever their truth is and be responsible for the consequences that creates is so deeply uh, something they fear so deeply. They'll never dare venture there. Well, death is going to be a bitch for people like that. I can tell you, I can tell you for sure. Well, we all learn the truth one way or the other. And for some, it comes earlier and others, it, they slam right into it, I guess. Well, you know the old saying, what's the first thing to pass through a bug's mind when it hits your windshield? What? It's ass. <laughs> okay, well, when you die, the first thing that you do is you find yourself sitting right square in your mind. So if if you've got a God that scared you so bad, it took your freedom away, that's who you're going to meet when you die. And until you resolve that, there won't be any heaven. And anyone that doesn't believe it, um, Try about six grams of mushrooms and see what happens, and you'll meet your mind, and uh, you'll go for a trip to hell if you haven't learned how to create heaven. That's the perfect trial run right there. And in, uh, in a former life, I was a musician, and my wife's uh, oboe teacher in college always had this sign on his studio wall. It said, fear is not an appropriate color. I like that. <laughs> yeah. And at the beginning, when I didn't know what the way forward was for me, all I knew was that unless a lion's chasing me down, do nothing out of fear. That's it. That was my only rule. And the other thing is, as Zig Ziglar says, most fear is false evidence appearing real. I say to people, how many times throughout the day have you been afraid of something? Day after day, afraid of this, afraid of that. You know, you... 
spent all this money on some super ass security system or every other thing, but it never happened. Well, most people agree. 99% of the time, what they were afraid of never happened. It's just a projection. It's a program projection because it's profitable to keep people in that state. So my point is, if we monitor our own thoughts and ask ourselves, is it really true? What's the likelihood I'm going to die of, of, of uh, some virus statistically? Well, the chances are, based on hard science, less than 1%. But what's going to happen when they put something right into your body? Well, it ups up the, the odds against you immediately because you've now put it right into your bloodstream for god's sakes and and i'm I'm not i don't want to make the impression i'm completely against vaccines i'm just against unsafe vaccines that are putting you at greater risk than the risk that you're trying to protect yourself against in the first place so i'm bringing these things up to, to just show as as we are both doing how freedom looks and why it's challenging but what it means to actually be free i think that's what we're both trying to put on the table here. And it is an adult proposition. Yeah. Part of the journey to me is developing a separation between what happens and how you respond. So even with yes. fear at the beginning, like I was run by fear for most of my life. I'd spent decades with that, like churning in your stomach. Like I was about to go play a recital in front of a hundred thousand people, but nothing was actually happening. But when you start to develop that separation between the things that trigger that and your response, then you see interesting things like, oh, I'm actually the source of the energy that is that fear. Like, I am making this. So if I choose not to make this, what else am I going to make? And then you begin that habit of dissecting that program and rewriting it to create that which you wish to see. And so it's this process of unhooking all these things that were invisible to you, then you're aware of them, then you start manipulating them, then you stop feeding them, and then you take that energy and do this other thing with it. I think one of the key things that's critical in that formula is creativity. I think part of our challenge is all the 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 canned education that's taught people what to think, not how to think, has killed creativity. I mean, the, the beautiful thing about kids, I have a two and a half year old <clears throat> and a six year old and a 41, 41, 41 or two year old. <clears throat> but my, my little ones, it's just amazing to see the creativity in them. I mean, you know, they'll go out and make mud pies and just sit there for hours having the greatest time of their life. But most adults are walking around complaining that they're bored all the time. And so they do nothing but sit there and watch television and listen to shitty, uh, cheesy podcasts or whatever that don't grow them or challenge them. So uh, I, I, my point is I really feel that we, we all need to make creativity a practice in our life or we don't have it when we need it. You can't be creative in a crisis if you don't have the skills of being creative without a crisis. That's why there's no art and music class. I mean, you can't raise slaves if they can use their imagination. Because as my kids, I have 10 of them. None of them go to school. <laughs> That's a lot of kids, buddy. <laughs> it is a lot of kids. But I get to see the natural state yeah. that a child can go. They have no resistance 
in the creative process to go even from their mind to their reality in the shortest amount of time I've ever seen. My kids are like, one day they'll be like, I really wish I had a bike. And the next day somebody calls and says, I have this bike I'm not using. Would any of your kids like it? (laughs) Like you can call one of those coincidence. I don't believe in coincidences, but whatever. But when it happens again and again, that is what we are capable of. Just a silly example of that. That's because your kids and mine are living in the Dow. It is. They they know what that feels like and they are not embodying that lack. No one's ever taught them. I've got to go suffer doing something I hate so I can get this fake thing that I can use to trade for the thing I really want. That's not in their brain. No, thank God. Keep it that way. My, my son, Mana, goes to a Steiner school because I really appreciate Steiner's educational model and, and Zoe's just beginning to go a little bit of time for, for the, the age that she's at. But we, we have two amazing teachers that work as nannies and um, uh, Michael and Kirsty Pratt. Kirsty uh, was a Ninja Warrior champion for quite some time and, and they're both very skilled athletes and very creative. Michael has a background in, in mechanics. And so our kids go through a daily routine where they do hiking, they do farming, planting, arts and crafts, music, um, taking things apart, learning how they work, making things, painting. So there's basically like this exposure plan so that the kids can find what it is that they naturally gravitate to. And then we can take them deeper into that study. We got musical instruments all over the house. So our kids are being raised not by any academic structure, but, but on the principle of exploration and learning through experiential contact. And I think that's what's huge, hugely missing in our, in our world, not just our culture, the whole world, because Without that, you, you end up exactly with what you and I are talking about. You you lose control of your own mind and you don't know who you are anymore. You, you, you just act out your programs like a zombie and you don't know the difference. You're trained that you're missing something and need to go find it, whether it's knowledge, achievement, whatever, versus being trained that the work here on this plane is to express that which is within you and to make it real. And that the energy is the exact opposite flow. And that's what the word make believe really means. To make believe really means if you want to be a poet, then make it and believe it. Do poetry versus watching Disneyland all day. And, uh, you know, in other words, imaginary versus imaginal the imaginal means we use our powers of conscious creation to bring something into a state where we can visualize it and then we embody it through our actions you visualize your new home and you build it you don't wait for it to fall out of the sky because you're sitting under a tree asking god to make everything easy for you um so i think you know these are all very important concepts that Right now in the world, we need a full court press. We need all the people that understand this, be it you, me, Nathan Riley, Kyle Kingsbury, Aubrey Marcus, Joe Rogan, everybody we can get on deck, Greg Braden, all of them. 
the problem is they don't get any airtime, but we've got to start giving airtime to the wise elders that can actually start educating people in a way that gives them the tools to recognize and create freedom. Or, you know, you don't need to be a genius to say, well, what, what's going to happen if we keep going the way we're going for 10 years? We'll be lucky if the planet can sustain us for another 10 years at the rate we're destroying the planet. Well, what happens is you give all your power away and you get the world we have. Right. But the world we have is on its last legs because of the approach we've been taking to it. And I think, you know, I, I, I doubt you would have a hard time agreeing with that. Yeah. I mean, we're living, like I said, we, we've made it real. The separation we feel on the inside that has been manufactured is now out there and it's something we can't really ignore like we used to. No. Now, your focus is on helping others create private contract associations. So before we dive into the many other things we're going to talk about, could you explain specifically what a private contract association is so that as we progress through the podcast, the listeners are very clear on what we're talking about? Sure. I'll come at it from a couple different angles. Um, very practically speaking, a private contract association isn't unincorporated association. Uh, if you think about the matrix, the normal world, we'll dig in, I'm sure, to a yep. little more about <laughs> what that is. Imagine, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> you know, you step into that normal world and there are rules about what you can do and what you can't do. So imagine if you could carve out a little section of reality over to the left or right outside of the normal world without asking permission. Um, and within that area, you were able to operate with my definition of freedom, which is with no obstacles between your truth or the work you want to do and its expression in the world. That's what a private contract association is. It is that protected space outside of the normal world. Now, I'm going to ask questions for the listeners. Uh because I'm going to intuit the listeners' questions. How do you deal with the legalities of that? Because from my understanding, that often includes things like not having a driver's license, not paying taxes, um, basically living in ways that tend to ring the bell of the law and lead to potential problems. So. Uh, you know, like, like I've met hundreds of people that know that legally we don't even have to pay taxes, but do it anyhow. And I pay taxes. I'll tell you why, because I've been audited by the IRS twice and they made my life so goddamn miserable. It was easier to pay the taxes than to go through it again. And I don't like it. I, I don't have a problem with paying taxes. What I have a problem with is what those tax dollars are being used for. And I think we all have a responsibility to follow the money because we're unconsciously paying for the destruction of other cultures and other races and other people's freedoms. Meanwhile, we're playing video games and eating cheese whiz and thinking everything's fucking hunky-dory, but not realizing that people's lives are being destroyed with our tax dollars. So it's a real... Uh, you know, we're in a real Mexican finger trap. The harder you pull, the harder it bites back. So uh, the question I'm asking is how, 
how do you, as someone living this way, which I applaud, by the way, thank you for being a model for the rest of us. How do you avoid the complications of the trap of those that uh, do not want us to live free? Okay. So just to, so the answer, how much time do you have? You know, I'm going to keep it. Very, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I want to know the answer, period. Oh, if that's number, the last thing you say, it's important. <laughs> number one, the journey of creating a private contract association so that you can do the work you're here to do yeah. has little or nothing to do with the journey that you just described, which leads to a lot of different ways of arranging your lifestyle. Those are two very different tracks. Okay, good. I'm glad you're distinguishing that because some of the people that I've talked to, I think have taken the private contract association, but just kept going. They're two, they're two different, completely different things. So let me explain. If you are creating a private contract association within which you will be able to do your work and not be bothered, you will be able to serve the people you choose to serve. They will be able to receive that service. And no one will be able to say anything about it. They might say something, but they can't affect it. That is one topic here. There is another topic, which is that you materially shift your relationship with the system. That is a completely different journey. So creating a private contract association will in no way shift your current relationship with the system, the rules and regulations that you've consented to follow, how you conduct yourself, what happens if you don't, none of that shifts. Creating a private contract association would only create a bubble, let's say you were doing health work, within which you could contract with other beings to do that work. So you, you asked a question that grouped together two very big matzo balls that don't necessarily go together. Okay, well, good. I'm glad that's what I wanted you to clear that up. I think part of the reason I did that is because some of the people I know that have done private contract associations also went further and became a citizen of the land. Well, and so my wife and I went way further down the rabbit hole than anything that we help people do at freedom works. Okay. Because we're just focused on one thing at the moment. I mean, everybody wants to be free, but when they hear what that means, it's not as attractive. It is not convenient. It requires like an emotional shift that most people just are not into doing and that's fine. But creating a private contract association is one very practical step that people can take those for whom it's right. And we'll discuss who that could be and not be that does not involve you upending the way your life works. You walking around, feel like the feeling like the sky is going to fall, like someone's going to come after you. Totally different journey. I did, I did that because I'm not here uh, to live under anyone's authority, but my own, but I'm also not going to fight with anybody. So we've, we've exchanged emails prior to this. You asked, well, seems like you could get, get in a lot of conflict. And the path that I chose, and even the one that we help people with the private contract associations walk on, is one of peace. Mm-hmm. The thing that the system is very good at fighting, 
Like that is what it's that is what it's named for. for. So like <laughs> fighting makes money. <laughs> my martial arts teacher, force on force, is like not a smart way to go most every time. Yeah, you know. So, but withdrawing consent is not force. Knowing the law better than than many people who run the system is not force. You know, so this is a path where you are totally at peace with what's going on. I mean, we don't, I don't like it. I don't like that people are being harmed, but this is not, I'm going to go bring the system down because it's wrong. Hi, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. I bet you you're as interested in freedom and sovereignty as I am, which is damn important right now. Mm. I won't go into it. I do it in my podcasts all the time. But you know what? I think it's time for us all to build a freedom flag of green, red, and gold. And I'm going to tell you what, not only we're going to build the flag, we're going to eat it together. And I got (laughs) Drew Canoli from Organifi to tell us what is going to be in each of those colors in our freedom flag so we have the vitality to make the changes we need to make the world a better place for all living beings right now. Drew, why green, red, and gold? Well, green, ashwagandha, green juice, lower stress, 600 milligrams of clinically tried ashwagandha, lower stress. We've yeah. done so many clinicals on this. Excellent. And we need our stress reduced because if we're in fight or flight, if you we're can't in fear- clearly. People will tell you what to do. You got big brother telling you what to do every day. You're just going to be a little robot. I'll pass. Yeah, me too. (laughs) And we need energy. We do. In the afternoon. We got to be able to think. Yeah. If you can't think, you're useless. Yes. And you got to be creative. Yep. So what helps me with that? Rhodiola and cordyceps. Yes. Increase the stamina and energy. Vikings used to drink this when they go to war. We're at war right now, Paul. Yes, we are. We're at war with, with everything that we don't want. Yep. So we're going to turn it around. We have to turn it around. With the green, love. red, and gold flag. We need it. Yeah. we can eat it too. And another thing that's important. So we covered stress. Yeah. We covered energy. Yeah. What's actually really important is sleep. Sleep yep. doctor. Yes. Right? Doctor, so, doctor quiet. Doctor quiet. People aren't sleeping these days. No. They're, they're disturbed up. with all kinds of frequencies that are entering our multiverse. <laughs> yes. Right? <laughs> so what helps us sleep? Turkey tail, reishi, turmeric, latte. It tastes amazing right before bed. So all day long, this is the system. It's the sunrise to sunset system. Green in the morning, red in the afternoon, gold at night. Yep. You sleep like a babe. You have more energy than you've ever had. So you will lower your stress. Green wakes you up. Red keeps you going. And gold puts you to bed so that you wake up with a fresh head. And you can be... Oh, I love that. And you can be free. We are free. Mm-hmm. And to be free, you got to choose to be free. And that starts with a diet that gives you the energy and the creativity to create freedom, which we all have to do right now. We've got to hold hands, circle the globe. And the nice thing about it is you can put any one of these in your pocket, mm-hmm. unpackage it, pour it into some water. Or like you told me the story about the little kid that eats it straight out of the package and yeah, just chases it. it with water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there you go. You have got your new flag, green, red, and gold. Let's stand up for each other. Sovereignty, freedom. And remember, every dollar we spend on food either goes to corporate farmers destroying the planet or the organic farmers that Drew hires to make the best products in the world. So be the change. Go to Organifi.com, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And because you're a Living 4D listener and Drew and I want you to be part of the movement, we're going to make it easier for you with a 20% discount on checkout. Use the code capital C, capital H, capital E, capital K, 20. That's check 20. Let's all 
get our green, red, and gold and create freedom right now. Just so we're clear, I mean, I I know the answer to this, but I want to hear you say it for the listeners. A private contract association is completely legal. It is lawful. So let's talk about the legal system. If you look up legal in, I forget what year the dictionary was, but it's an old one. The definition of legal is the undoing of God's law. You know, so lawful, right and wrong. Legal is this whole other structure. We call it the matrix, actually, that has grown up over time. So you could say lawful is the world, we call it the world of the private, the world of living things like your body, right? Real human being, real beings. The legal system is the matrix. It's dead. It's paper, commercial paper, corporate fictions. All of that is there, right? We think the legal system is the normal world. Because that's how we've been raised. It's like in the Matrix before Neo realized he was in the Matrix, right? It's that exact thing. The The awareness is not there to realize that he stepped into it or that he could step out of it. So that's the legal system. So the legal system, we're taught to call them laws, but they're codes and statutes, right? So and we can get into this, you know, based on however helpful you think it will be. Um, but because the legal system is the world of the corporate fiction, and we can talk about the history of the U.S. and how it became a corporation, um, it's base. It's it's kind of the same as if you agreed to be a Walmart employee, yeah. And by that offer of consent, you were then bound to follow the corporate bylaws of Walmart. It's no different. It's just a, a U.S. Walmart. Yes, except we don't see the separation as, as we're growing up. So we don't understand that when our mother filled out the application to get the birth certificate as the informant, you know, she was uh, informing the state of this foundling and registering it with the state who then created a corporate entity coincidentally with like your same first, middle, and last name. And we have bound ourselves to that entity basically as the collateral, the guarantor for its debts. And this is based on admiralty law, if I'm correct. That's right. So, so the law of the sea, you know, uh, corporate law and all that. So it's a very, um, you know, people, are, you mentioned the whole tax thing. It's not legal. Like based on what I've learned over the years, like it's totally legal. <laughs> Meaning? They're following the law. But we agreed to be bound by the law. And so the question is, where have we done all of that? You know, so one question that you ask early on in a journey like this is, why do the laws apply to you? Because you consent to them. Right. And so when you understand where all that happened, that's the deep rabbit hole that like my wife and I have gone down, where you remove all of that consent, where you cancel all of those contractual obligations that you or your parents on behalf of you entered into over time. And that requires an enormous shift in lifestyle, a complete rearrangement rearrangement of everything. And given the way the world's going, you know, if the whole thing collapses, 
It would be great if none of that was ever necessary again. I have no idea what will happen. Um, but in the universe here, like contract, contract makes law basically. And so that's a bad thing in the legal system because of all the consent we've offered, all the contracts we've entered into without even knowing. But we can also use that for our own creation. And that's the basis of a private contract association. That that inherent right to contract and you and I make an agreement together with all of the required elements of a contract, that is something that can't be interfered upon, provided neither of us is doing purposeful harm. Right. right? So there's the morality of it and the ethics of it. And, and it's, it's, very, it, it's another self-responsible path. I was talking with someone on the, other, on the phone the other day with questions about this, and he was like, well, what happens if something goes wrong? Like that, that's a legal system question. Like who sues whom, yeah. right? And so this is a very different situation. Like if you have someone in a private contract association, you're no longer serving the public, first of all. You, you're serving the members of the association. That's it. And so all the codes and statutes that are created, tens of thousands, I don't even know how many. Uh, books and books full. They are all purportedly created to protect the well-being of the public, right? <laughs> yeah, purportedly. That's, I mean, that's the official line, and that's what will be enforced. If you harm the public and you are in that system, you are going to have an issue. The private contract association allows you to create a jurisdiction, which is in law, it's like a, a place or, a, you know, what is kind of like the law form that will govern, govern the interactions. It allows you to create that uh, so that you're no longer serving the public, which is how a midwife, like my wife, can give up her license and still do her work. Right. Yeah. I wanted you to talk about, Nathan asked me specifically to have you use her as an example because I've, because I own a holistic health institute, we've got multiple kids. We've had midwives and doulas, and I've met many of them that got out of the business because the restrictions were stopping them from helping people. And we ran into that full force with both of our kids. I won't repeat the story here because I've talked about it in other podcasts. But tell us, if you could, as an example, because I think, you know, we're talking about things that are so far out of people's minds, it's probably hard for them to grasp. So tell us the story of your wife and how that unfolded and how she operates now within a private contract association and can still do her work and serve people without the chokehold of the uh, matrix. Yeah, well, you know, from like I said before, for most of our, our life, we were both muggles, you know, totally in the system, uh, following every rule. And so when she wanted to become a midwife, she got a license from the state of Arizona, did all the testing, all that, totally in the box, and practiced that way for a little while until... Uh, some of the rules and regulations, which she consents to follow, right? That's, you don't, a license isn't an award, it's a contract. Like you're agreeing to follow things in exchange for a privilege being granted to you because in the legal system, virtually everything is illegal. 
accept that which you're granted permission for, which is why you have to get permits and licenses and, you know, certifications and all that kind of stuff, because you pretty much can't do anything without permission. So it's a very different world, but that's how we we're all raised. And every one of those permissions costs money, by the way. Often. I'm sure it's just a coincidence, though. I mean, if you go to the park to have permission to have a party, you have to pay a fee. I mean, uh, I've had to get lots of permits in my life. You know, it's very rare that you can get a permit for anything without paying a fee. If I want to start a fire right here in my yard, I got to get a permit from the fire department and pay a fee for it. That's right. So in the legal system, the matrix, the default position is, no, you can't do it unless we say you can. Okay. Same in the midwifery world. So she was practicing and some of those rules and regulations, not only were keeping her from helping people, but they were actually causing women harm. Yes. Right. So it was way worse. And she ran afoul of those rules and regulations one time on purpose because her heart said to help this woman in a certain way. And she said, these rules and regulations are going to hurt this woman. So she led with her heart. Uh, the nearby doctor in the area um, submitted a, an anonymous complaint, which they can do. Uh, and all of a sudden, she had like an administrative process instigated against her, I guess from the licensing board. I forget what you call it in midwifery. And so we hired attorneys having no clue that they're all playing for the same team. You know, like r- we were really not street smart at all. Um, and she starts going through the, these hearings and preparing for them. And she's pregnant at the moment at that time. And so, you know, nobody needs this stupid level of stress. Uh, and so she got to the point, you know, she's a very intuitive person and she knew that there was no way that she would ever actually be sitting there in front of the administrative panel or judge or whatever it was going to be. And so she decided that I'm just going to give my license back. And so we left the state of Arizona and went to a state that was more friendly to midwives. Six months later, we came back. And from that point, we had to figure out how she could keep doing her work without putting herself in jeopardy. And so she found a book. I mean, you mentioned that you had heard of this idea 25, 30 years ago, right? Yeah, well, I was I was told by a business consultant who looked at my business of holistic health and said, there are so many roles, regulations, and restrictions against helping people get truly healthy like you are. And as you know, many doctors get sued for this and put in jail for helping people with diseases because it takes profit out of the matrix, out of the powers that be that you would be far better off to have a private contract association. And and as Penny told you, we actually did have one, but she did not have enough knowledge of business at that time to know how to navigate it because we didn't have someone like you. We just had a business expert saying you should do this, and that was it. Yeah. My wife found a booklet from some doctor or chiropractor maybe in Prescott, Arizona, written decades before, talking about this funny little thing called a PMA private membership association, also referred to as a private contract association. The terms are really interchangeable, although uh, just because someone says 
we offer one of these things, um, it doesn't tell you much as, as we were about to discover. So we started looking for ways to, to get one of these things. And we went through several iterations. Um, anything from a simple, oh, we're this other organization and we're going to give you our license to do what you do. And if you have trouble, call us. That was our first solution. The next one was another one where we paid a lot of money um, and got like two sheets of paper and an application to get a, an EIN for a bank account. So we were still clueless, but we were using that structure, technically a private contract association. Although when I look back, I wouldn't let anyone I cared about do something like that in that way, now knowing what I know. But that was the best we did. And then over the years, we got, you know, we kept meeting people who knew more and more about this. Um, and so that's 10 years ago. And, you know, once she was doing that, you know, midwifery is kind of, depending where you are, is a hot, it's a targeted situation. Oh, yeah. Uh, not to say it's the worst. Some people have it worse, but midwives are on the hit list because it is a threatening situation for many reasons, you know. Yeah. So a private contract association gave her the vehicle through which she could help another adult human based on the terms and conditions that they set for their agreement and no, and that could, that were influenced by no one else, which co your common sense, your heart would tell you is a pretty cool way to do it. Well, it should be that way all the time. It should it? be normal, yeah. you know, but it's not like we've been raised that a lot of things are normal. Like when you get married, you invite the state into the relationship and sign a contract with them. So you can get permission to join these two U.S. franchises, which are those corporate entities I told you that happen to have your first, middle, and last name, you didn't create that, which is why you need a license to join those two things together because those are state assets. Right. So it's just in our psyche that this is all normal. Yeah. But when you start to develop your awareness of how you're throwing your consent around. Or how, away. Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> How willy-nilly yeah. we're doing that all through our life, having no idea exactly what all of this means, you start to pay attention to that with this private contract association journey because it's important. It's actually the reason you can do what you can do. So you start to see things in a completely different way. And the next time you go to sign something, you're like, oh, what is that? Oh, what does this say? Like your eyes have shifted. Because you're developing an awareness of the power of consent to create your reality. Yeah, that's beautiful. Now, you wanted to talk about the difference between the public system, the matrix, based on debt, and other things that are not alive, uh, etc. Did you cover that already? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's good enough for people just to know that the matrix, a.k.a. the normal world, a.k.a. the legal world, is a world that no living being like your beating heart and flesh and blood can inhabit. So just like in the Matrix movie, when Neo went into the Matrix, that wasn't his flesh and blood going in. That was kind of an avatar going in, right? And that's exactly what we have. That entity that's created with your first, middle, last name when your birth is registered, called a U.S. person, 
or a U.S. franchise, that is your avatar in the system. You don't have a credit rating. That thing has a credit rating. You don't have debts. That thing has a debt. However, through all the contracts that you've entered into, driver's license, bank account, signature cards over your life, you have volunteered yourself to stand in as the collateral for the debts of that entity. And so really all that's important to know is this world that we think is normal isn't. And people know there's something very wrong at a very deep level and they should trust that because that's the truth. We, there has been this overlay of this corporate stuff mm-hmm. put over our entire lives. Take, take your land. I mean, people came to this country out of feudal Europe because they wanted to own some land, not that anybody can own land, but that, you know, that they're not paying rent to somebody else for it. And so when they got here, that's how it was. They held title to their land in a lodium, a lodial title. It could not be leaned. It could not be impaired. It could not be taken from them. What do we have today? Not that. We don't have that. We have something very different. You know, if you look on the title to your car, you don't have it. It's not a title. It's a certificate of title, which is a receipt for the real title. Where's that? That's the MSO, the Manufacturer's Statement of Origin that was sent from the dealer to the state it's registered. They have the title, and he who has the title owns the car. So there's this illusion of ownership and and this overlay of like corporate everything that has been overlaid onto real life. And what has happened, you asked about the Constitution, or you mentioned it. Um, I'm sure that was created with good intentions. It was created to create a federal entity that would help in the management of certain things of all the free states, right? But then we have things like the 13th Amendment come along that quote-unquote frees the slaves. So they abolished involuntary servitude, unless you're convicted of a crime, then slavery is still legal. But then they have the 14th Amendment that came after that, that created this political class called the U.S. citizen. And it was originally designed to give, you know, slaves weren't going to own land, so it gave them a way to be in the system. But over time... We've all consented to be that U.S. citizen. You mean U.S. slave? It's that is what it looks like, but that's where the consent was given. Think of all the times. Not only have we said I'm a U.S. citizen, but I, you know, people are proud of being a U.S. citizen, and they sign their name to that, and they do things where the presumption of them being that is clear, is is easily made, and so over time consent of everyone has been collected and put into this containment field and people wake up one day and realize oh my goodness we're the frogs how did this happen (laughs) in the bucket (laughs) that's how it happened over time one step at a time matt i mean it's an amazing plan how do you get free will beings to over the course of i mean i don't know much about i don't trust much of history but let's just take it at face value over the course of not that many years, 
all these beings have said, here is my power. I will now follow your rules without even knowing it. Which brings up the question, who is behind this? Like if you follow the money, follow the paperwork, who do you get to? Who, who, is, who is the geniuses behind this, this corporate jail system? Oh, man. I don't know. I mean, you can go back a lot of levels. You know, you can watch your TV at night and get mad at the politicians. You can see the people pulling the strings behind them with the moneyed interests. You can weave your way to the Federal Reserve System uh, and, and the people, uh, rather mysterious ones, who own that, whoever the shareholders are. You can go back to the Crown Corporation. You can go back to the Vatican. You can jump to another planet and wonder, you know, there, I mean, you can find plenty of um, well-researched situations bringing things that are not even of this world into your answer to this question. Yes, so, I, I agree. I've studied it. So it, that's yeah, not so news ancient to me. Ancient civilizations, I, I all of the bloodlines, all of the, yeah. you know, it's a really tangled web and I don't purport to know the answer. Um, I don't think I just anyone know, really does. There's just a lot of people that are confident in their theory. I'm okay. I'm open-minded about anything that makes sense to me. Um, but I have not found the person who's cornered the market of truth on that one. You know, it's... I've spoke to a lot of people. I've talked to people on podcasts. Um, I talked to Freddie Silva, who's investigated the history of many cultures, Egyptian pyramids, Jesus, Mary... The Templars written entire books on it. Uh, I read his book on the Templars. Um, you know, this, this game's been going on for a long time. I mean, slavery is a very old concept. Slavery, drugs, people, and weapons. The businesses haven't changed at all. No, they just got more efficient, and and now they're so and confident. Invisible. Well, invisible. well, they were invisible till COVID hit. That brought the invisible out of the closet. Um, and, you know, fortunately, COVID's triggered a lot of deep investigations and in books like Mickey Willis's book and uh, Robert F. Kennedy's book, The Real Anthony Fauci, which has fortunately sold over a million copies already. So there's definitely a, a wake up going on because I think the I think the injustices that were implemented in the name of a pandemic became so obvious to anybody that was even half awake and had even a little bit of knowledge of health that what was being done in the name of health was absolutely the opposite and dangerous. And then following the money led to just a few people, um, which brings up a question. I'd like to just hear your opinion. What do you think the ultimate motives are behind this whole corporate kind of control drama i mean where where if, if you just let this thing keep going what's what's it look like uh 10 20 years from now well it's clear that whoever is behind this has a superhuman understanding of the human psychology yes. they have at least up until the last two years extreme patience yes. uh they have an understanding not of like one move on the chessboard, but like six moves down the road of the chessboard. And every move that they've made, although there are some detours and it's hard to know if those are planned or if those are uh, kinks in their plan, every one 
removes power or co-ops power or directs power of the human to create. Mm -hmm. So it's like this enormous creative capacity is being directed to build somebody else's image of the future. And so we see the transhumanism stuff coming in. We see a lot of things that confuse someone's understanding of themselves, all the sexuality stuff. Like, um, I mean, everything in the system is about learning how to betray yourself. Yeah, it's very interesting, isn't it? And, you know, it. if there's one thing that you can gain from this without a whole lot of deep investigations, even anyone listening to what we've shared so far, it's not hard to see that whoever's behind this does not have positive intentions for humanity. I mean, I don't see, I mean, I've been alive for 60 years. When I was a kid, there wasn't even fax machines. I I was a paratrooper in the 82nd Airborne Division. When I realized I was being used as a tool to steal other people's resources, it made me sick and I wanted out as quick as I could get out because I just couldn't do it. And it used to just amaze me that anytime there was an announcement that we might go to war, that young men were just out there polishing up their weapons, waiting to go kill a commie for mommy without any question as to whether or not it was a valid, legitimate threat or what the consequences would be, and even to themselves. I've had to rehabilitate many soldiers with PTSD that came back with tears in their eyes from Afghanistan, Iraq, etc., going, I had no idea what I was getting into, and we shouldn't even be there. And they're just heartbroken. And, you know, talk about a corporate entity. When you join the military, you are no longer, you have no human rights. You are now a tool of the military. In fact, you can get put in jail for damaging your own body because you're damaging military property. You can not only get put in jail, but you can get fined and sentenced publicly, get out of that prison sentence, and then have to go to a military jail to serve the military sentence. Again, though, all by your own consent. That That's who has the power. Yeah. Because without that action, different things happen. You know, turmeric's really, really hot now. There's a lot of scientific research on it, but they're not all created the same. So I brought Autumn Smith on to tell you about Paleo Valley's turmeric complex so you know exactly what the benefits are and why you, like me, should get your turmeric complex from Paleo Valley. Autumn, tell us about your turmeric complex. At Paleo Valley, we are big believers in food as medicine. And so turmeric, of course, it has beat drugs out. We know it's anti-inflammatory. We know it has brain benefits. We know it has joint benefits. But what most people don't know is that a lot of turmeric supplements only contain one isolated compound of turmeric called curcumin. And so what we did instead was create a complex. We added organic turmeric and then ginger and rosemary and clove, which were some of the most DNA protective spices studied. And we created a complex. We added organic coconut powder and pepper for absorption. And so We've created a really high quality, highly bioavailable 
turmeric complex that will hopefully help you to feel your best. And all you have to do to check it out is go to paleovalley.com. That's P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com. And you can use the code CHECK15, that's lowercase C-H-E-K-15, to save 15%. When you use the term, or any of us use the term by your own consent, it's making an assumption that the person is conscious enough and awake enough to know that they have consent. Children don't know that they have power or free will or that they can do something other than what mommy and daddy want to do. They, they don't have the consciousness or the self-awareness or the intellect to think abstractly and say, well, mom, you know, if you're going to make me go to hockey this way, then I'm going to miss out the ability to do this, which is more important to me than playing hockey. And the reason that you put me in hockey was because you said it was for me, but I don't want to play hockey. I want to do this with my friend. Kids don't have that rational capacity. It doesn't start even kicking in until about seven. And by the time they're about 13, it turns on. That's why they start rejecting their parents' ideas because now they can actually juxtapose two ideas against each other and see there's a difference. You know, like it takes a while, for example, for children to truly understand a joke because a joke always has a double meaning to it, typically. The problem is most people in our culture at any age are still psychologically only about seven or eight years old at best. So the, do you see the point that I'm making? Most people don't know what they're consenting to or what to consent actually means. They're actually like children being told, eat this or you got to go to bed. So they just eat it because they want to watch cartoons. Yeah, I would say that, and this is based on my experience with my own kids. And so none of them have had that external conditioning that I had. Yeah. Uh, I think kids know, like they know that they want this and not that. And I think the problem especially that I know I've had to work on is to not, but they trust me. And so if I allow myself to project my wounds, which are all those programs onto them about those topics, they will go with what I say. Yeah. In the absence of that, it is very clear that they know this, not that. And that's what the system stomps out of people. Yeah. The thing that the kids don't know I'll give you an example. My son, Mana, loves to go rock climbing. And right on our property, I've got like a 35 plus foot rock face that's very big and there's a multiple of them. And so he wants to do things on his own consent, but he does not have consciousness of how dangerous it is to do what he's about to do. So I say to him, Mana, that's dangerous. And if you do that, I won't be able to catch you if you fall because we're in a spot where I've got nowhere to go myself. So I do agree kids are a lot more intelligent than we realize most people because they don't have the skills to know what to look for, but I do. But what they don't have is the life experience to know what the ramifications of being that free are. That's right. And so, so that's what a good parent does, right? That's what you provide for him there, you provide a container for his experience 
that does not erase the sovereignty of his experience, right? And I think that that's, for a lot of us, that's hard work because it, it involves us having to get past whatever shit we've got going on in there. Yes, which is how we were raised. <laughs> All of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's really... Um, I'm trying to find the right words. It's a very complex situation that we have submitted ourselves to consciously or unconsciously. But the reality of it is the handwriting is on the wall. We can see that things are getting more and more challenging, more and more expensive. We're losing the rights to what we put in our bodies. They're making things that keep you healthy illegal. I mean, recently, I was shocked when I said to, I have two wives. I said to Angie, I, I said, she was asking me questions about a client she was having some challenges with. And she said, what do you suggest I do with this person? I said, well, it sounds to me like they've got heavy metal detox issues. And it was actually someone who was suffering really bad from being vaccinated. And I said, you know, the only product I know of that could possibly get graphene uh, out of their body would be metal free. And she said, well, I guess you didn't know it, but they made it illegal and they've taken almost every heavy metal detox product off the market. So people cannot do heavy metal detoxes. Well, obviously that's because they don't want what they're putting in people's bodies being taken out of them because it's part of their control system. And so you see, it's actually, and then 20 years ago, the doctors that used to swear vitamins were bullshit and had nothing to do with them when they found out how profitable they were, tried to make it illegal and have passed laws in Australia is a great example. I mean, they've lowered the doses. And my point is, is they've now made it almost illegal to do the things you need to do to be a healthy person and to buy the supplements or whatever that you want to keep yourself healthy if it goes against their agenda. So when we, when we look at the web of complexity and deception and deceit and control and really bordering on evil, I, I consider evil to be actions that go against life. So any action that antagonizes or disrupts or destroys life is evil. Now, yes, we have to eat. So that destroys the life of an animal. But my philosophy is as long as you take that animal into your body and try to do something that serves the whole, then the animal is not dying. It's living through you and it's becoming human. And it's, you know, in other words, if I eat a cow, but use that energy and those resources to support awareness of loving and caring for cows and giving them free range and not putting them in boxes and not poisoning them and not drugging them, then that cow is an honorable sacrifice because it's supporting the life capacity of all cows. But if I'm eating cows that are raised in inhumane ways and I'm using my tax dollars and my money and my stupidity to keep caging cows and destroying them, then that's technically evil in the model that I personally practice. But my point is, is that we've gotten to the point where there's actually so much evil in the system that we've all submitted ourselves to that I believe we have to bury 
our awareness that a lot of the wars that are going on, a lot of the deception, a lot of the trickery we have funded with our taxpayers' dollars. When you look at this vaccination program, for example, these guys don't pay for a damn thing. It's all coming out of taxpayers' dollars. And when you look at the injury and the death toll, the truth is we all funded that. So somebody who wakes up to that has to either confront that and, and do what you've done and what we're talking about and saying, I'm not going to contribute to that system anymore because it's immoral, unethical, and bordering on or is evil. Or you just got to bury it in your unconscious, pretend it doesn't exist, which half my, most of my family have done, and, and now attack me and say I'm dangerous because I'm telling people uh, that they need to be very careful about this, etc. So we, we're at a point where we've got to really decide what do we want to do for each other moving forward? Because if we keep going on this consent, what happens is we bury all this in our unconscious. It becomes part of our shadow, but the shadow gets projected out collectively. And when a shadow gets collected, projected collectively, that's when you get a Nazism. That's when you have, Jung made it very clear. Whenever a myth breaks down in a culture, you have isms popping up everywhere and you have pseudo leaders that have ulterior motives. And you look at cults and you got a Charlie Manson, a Jim Jones. And so when you look at how many people are drinking the Kool-Aid these days, it fits the model of a cult too damn well. Th th to summarize my point, we're at a tipping point, in my opinion. We're at a very real tipping point. It's like we're walking a gangplank one step further. It's white sharks who don't ask you whether you've got a, a, a contract association or not before they eat you. They just say, dinner's up and you're done. I'd like to know what your thoughts are. I mean, where do you feel we're at in all this thing? Uh, it seems like we've bought as, as a collective the VIP ticket to the, the shadow work seminar <laughs> <laughs> of the millennium. Yeah. Like, it's there, and you know that when you're doing that work, you have a choice. You can either stare it down and integrate it, yeah. or you can feed it. It reminds me of the parable. <clears throat> You've probably heard it before, but I'll share it because it's a good one. I may not get it perfectly right, but I'll get the point across. It's a Native American parable or a Native parable, and a little boy is sitting with his grandfather. and the grandfather has two dogs. Uh, one of them's black and one of them's white and they're fighting like hell. And he says, grandpa, why are those dogs fighting? He said, that one's name is love. And that one's name is fear. And the little boy said, well, who's going to win? And the grandpa looks at him. He says, whichever one you feed. Yeah. At one level, this is very simple. Our awareness creates. And through the, creation of the whole system that we're living in the matrix our awareness has been directed without our understanding of where it's being directed and for what reasons and now we have our creation yeah. and so private contract associations and a lot of other work that people are doing is about taking that awareness and moving it to where we want it to be which is which should be the minute you understand like how energy works on what you want to create. That's the only place. That's the discipline to develop. Even if you get knocked off, to reset your awareness on that which you want to see. That's why 
doing the work that you love in the world. I mean, people laugh at that. People in the matrix say, you're just supposed to suffer doing the stuff you hate. Everybody, everybody does that because we need money. Yeah, well, I don't teach that at all. And well, of course not. I mean, you know where it leads, right? You know the type of life that that creates. Yeah, I make a living helping people out of that belief system because they come to me almost dead quite often or completely emotionally destroyed or in a major crisis, be it midlife crisis. I mean, here's a, f- a fact for you. Um, having Because I deal with all sorts of life crises with people as a, for a living, um, James Hollis, um, Jung, many others, but current statistics show that people are having a midlife crisis as early as 18 years of age today because they've been put on this a railroad of adult responsibility beginning in first grade where they're belittled, punished, measured by whether or not they get certain good enough grades, get their homework done. So their whole lives are scheduled out and they don't actually have time to be a child and to have creative expression and to do the things that a child wants to do. So it's almost as though we've indoctrinated the entire world of children into corporate prep school. By the time they're 18, they're already exhausted because they're tired of meeting all these demands and having all this pressure on them. And look what we have now. We have the highest rates of illness, disease, and suicide in teens that we've ever seen in the history of life. So it, it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a situation where we have to have a radical revamp on it. Yeah, that part of life, seem, there seems to be a lot of stuff at play, like the creative capacity skills development is is erased in in early childhood right they i mean daydreaming people laugh at as a waste of time rather than <laughs> exercising one of your most important muscles but then on the other hand there's also this artificial extension of childhood where where these grown men and women are in school till 32 35 and so it's it's a lot of different angles that are things are coming in from that create a being with no understanding of who he or she is, no ability to like embody their physical form in a powerful way, and then use their own inherent navigational systems between their mind and their emotions and everything to find their path through life. An expert has to tell you now how to do that. Or guess just so you know, my current podcast that just launched today is all about how to do that. So I would love it if you listen to it and tell me what you think of what I share. Yeah, I mean, how how I mean, I know how much time I wasted of my life trying to get that back, yeah. that ability that we all have from the beginning. So it's it's quite a mess. Um, however, you know, I'm kind of an optimist. So the fact that we created that means we can create something better. And and that requires a shift in awareness and a change in action flowing from the actual truth that is within each of us. And I really believe that's true spirituality. And it's actually what religion is meant to be, is to teach children how to find and become aware of and find 
the power that creates the universe lives right inside of them. And, you know, I tell people, if you want to see how God, creative God is, just lay on your back at night and look at the stars and look at the majesty and the magnitude of it. Look around you. Look at the fact that you can dance, sing, create. You can be a bank robber or you can be a lover or you can be a surgeon or you can be uh, whatever you want. And, and the, the, the creative license from source does not seem to put limits on good or bad. It just wants experience. But ultimately, because I define a spiritual person as someone who takes responsibility for what they create moment to moment. Because without that spirituality, it's just a bunch of bubblegum bullshit. Uh, it's just fluffy talk and, and uh, hemp clothes and, and uh, vegan diets. And uh, <laughs> I watched how many of those people couldn't think for themselves during this pandemic and fell right into the boogeyman's trap. And it was so to me, it was an empty signifier, all this stuff. Um, but But we're at a point now where we've really got to um come into true spirituality and a true awareness that it took the whole universe to create every one of us and i could give you the scientific validation and rationale behind that it's irrefutable and i got piles of books on my desk right here by the top minds in the world proving it and so i think if we don't wake up to our creative ability and really sitting down together and saying, what do we want for our kids in the future? What kind of a life do we want to live? And what does the planet need? Then we're probably just going to try to create something else that's an unconscious reproduction of the same thing we just got out of or, or trying to get out of. Yeah, I think a lot of work has to be done on, on the self. Exactly. You know, to really to bring those all those broken parts of yourself together. Mm -hmm. uh, because to try to lead kids when you're in pieces is a tough go. It is very, well, it's impossible to do because their kids, because the kids are in the state that they're in, they're actually very aware of and perceptive to and downloading your unconscious as a parent. So they're, they're, you know, I've had to be a therapist for countless children. Most of them were kids in elite ath athletic programs that were being pushed into the program by their parents because they wanted their kid to become a professional hockey player or a professional football player so they could cash in on their kid. And the kids develop behavioral problems and resent and, you know, they, they stop performing well. So the parents bring them to me to say, you know, we need you to get this kid back up to par so he can make, you know, first string college and then go to a pro team or whatever. And I tell them all, almost consistently because when I work with a parent and the kids, I also want to analyze the parents. Why? Because the kid is living in the environment that is made largely of the parent's relationship. And nine times out of 10, I've had to tell them, your child is emulating you, but you are blaming the child and diagnosing the child and putting the responsibility for it emulating you on the child which is not how you raise a child and it's unfair to the child and unfortunately i don't get a warm reception telling the truth but i don't i don't work to to make people happy i work as a therapist to tell the truth because if you don't operate on the truth as a therapist you cannot do therapy you can only 
medicate, pacify, and be part of the system that led to the parents being the kind of parents that they were. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you is, and by the way, as my wife said, you you know we're 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 going to look seriously into creating a private contract association. And I think it's very important for all Czech professionals for for many many reasons that I won't go into. It'll it'll take too long. But what are some of the challenges that somebody needs to be aware of? Uh, because there's always a there's always two sides to every situation. You know, like a lot of people are just passive to getting their license and doing what, you know, going through the system, like your wife ran into trouble and they just think that's normal. And if, and if you're in trouble, it just means you weren't a good little boy or a good little girl. So you're getting your hands slapped. Uh, you're going to get to sit in the corner of the class for a while. And if you do it again, then you're going to have to, uh, you know, we're going to have another level of punishment for you. But what I'd like to, to, to put on the table is, as important as a private contract association or private membership association is, and as as good as it can be, what are some of the things that we have to be aware of that are that come with that level of responsibility? Yeah. Well, you mentioned <clears throat> kind of uh, being the bearer of truth for the people you're helping, right? In, in the story of the kids and the parents, and so this is a direct route to the truth. So. Some of the things that shift are that veil, that illusion of safety gets shattered. In the system, if we follow the rules, we expect we won't really have trouble. (laughs) Yeah. Right? I mean, we expect. (laughs) We, yeah, we're being good. We're doing everything right. There shouldn't be a problem. That's kind of the implied agreement. In the real world, if you stand on your truth, you have to deal with people who don't agree with you. Yeah. You don't get, there's no, oh, we see that you followed all the rules. We're not going to come and ask you what you're doing. So the truth shows up. So the private contract association gives you a vehicle to stand on your truth. The flip side of that is there has to be some development in education and understanding and awareness for you to be able to, to, to defend that should or explain it or not run for the hills at the first sign of someone who says, what are you doing? So that's a lot of growing up depending on where you're at right now. But it's just the truth. Like that is real life anyway. Yeah. Um, and, you know, with like I said, we're – we are at peace with the system. So that's okay. If people have questions about how this is being done and why, that's all right. We'll tell you. We'll explain it. Private doesn't mean secret. We're not hiding. Right? right? Uh, you've got to deal with whatever fear all of this brings up for you. I was a straight A person, valedictorian, all of it. So if there was a rule, I would follow it. When I started my first business... I was more concerned with how to fill out the sales tax return than I was with selling something so I could feed my family. Like that's how deep the training was. Yes. And so depending where your training is, dealing with the fear may be work or not that you have to do. But again, it's not an illegal thing. It's it's 
you're the not fear right. of sticking out, the fear of attention from the higher ups, all the things that we've been hardwired that to make they make us feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I know that's called growing up, though. It is growing up, and it's just the truth. It's being like a big boy or girl, you know. Which again, that's where why I mentioned that artificial extension of childhood that kind of schooling gives us. Which is a major problem, you know. Uh, I've seen research by psychologists showing that the average person in the world today has the psychological development of a 12-year-old. Yeah, it, well, and it makes you easy to manipulate. You know, that's why you can be 25 and maybe fail something and then say, but I did everything that they asked me to do. Why did I get an F? Yeah. Like your entire um, understanding of how reality works is fake. It's sad, but it's true. What's the... Um, Give us an overview of the process and the investment required to have your organization create a private contract association so that anybody listening can get a sense of you know what what it takes, how much it costs, how long does the process take um, so they can really you know come into it like I don't want people calling you asking you silly questions that just waste your time because they weren't qualified I want to I would like you to share. So enough information so that someone can qualify themselves and say, that sounds like something that I want to do because I, I want to take responsibility for myself. I want to have freedom and I want to have adult contractual relationships with people that join my private membership association uh, because that means we, we all agree to rules that we've agreed upon and we don't need somebody else to tell us how to be big boys and big girls. Yeah, I would say there there are investments on several levels. Material investment, a few thousand dollars, depending on your situation. Some people have complicated situations. Others are straightforward. That's the easy part. To me, uh, you know, in the work we do, like some of the PCA uh, people that we worked with in the past, meaning my wife and I, um, like I said, we were given a couple sheets of paper. Uh, even this level of what we discussed here, which, you know, this was introductory kind of, we talked about a lot of things, not even this was communicated. So we knew nothing, but here's your paper. Here's how to fill it out. Go. And if you have problems, call us. I mean, luckily nothing happened. Um, there's a fair amount of education that you just need to be, a. I mean, you know, a, an adult can manage their own affairs. Like the system is designed to allow you to outsource that. That's why we have insurance and like responsibilities everywhere, but on our shoulders. And so it's a big rewiring of, first of all, understanding that you are actually going to be the source of the creation. So the process that we take people through, some people take a while to really tune in to what that means. There are certain um, thought processes that we go through to help people really get clear with what they're here to do and how to articulate that in a powerful way. You I think that's think, very important. Well, and you would think that that would be relatively straightforward, but it is not. Yeah, no, that's that's because they're too um, trapped in their childhood and they're unconscious and they're so used to someone else telling them how to wipe their ass, tie their shoes and brush their teeth. Yeah, so big growing up happens. Um, and then from there, 
you know, you have to develop, like, what does it feel like to know that these aren't magic pieces of paper that we're printing out for people? Like, the power is not in the paper. People think, oh, I'm safe now. I'm protected now. I have these documents. Like, that. that is the opposite of the truth. You are the power. The papers provide the vehicle. And so our process, you know, there are documents created. There are very like practical processes that we take people through, but we're trying to develop this grounding in the truth of you are taking this work as a creation out into the world. And we just want to help in any way we can make sure that that energy flow you're clear about how that works in your life, meaning it is flowing from you to the change you want to see. And so that comes from education about law a little bit, right? So that you can have a facility to be able to talk about what you're doing and not hide behind pieces of paper. It comes from just a realignment in how you see yourself. Some, you know, so you're not, a lot of people are reacting to the world. They see the containers the world has made and say, where should I fit in? Oh, am I going to be a plumber or this or that? Like, so they look at what's out there and they say, where do I fit versus this is a canvas. I'm here to paint. What do I want to make? Yes. That's exactly what my podcast is all about. Um, I want to go back to your wife just to. Let me, let me just say one more thing just to get a full answer in here. Please do. And then the process takes about 45 to 60 days. Okay. So there's a, yeah. Is that because of the education or just because it takes that long to create the paperwork or both? Everything that I described, depending on where you're at and how much work you have to do, mainly on the inside, the documents are the easy part. All this other stuff that comes together with that, that's the stuff that can take some time. So that's why we allow, yeah, it, it changes people. You're, you're taking them through a really a, a kind of a healing and an awakening process to, to, to bring them into alignment with the responsibilities of being a creative agent of their own and saying, this is my canvas, I'm going to paint on it. We are helping them see themselves in a way that, that maybe they have never seen before. Yeah, well, that's beautiful. Many of you are aware of the importance of magnesium, but very few are aware that most of the magnesium products out there are not high quality and seldom do what they say they'll do on the bottle or the package. But Bioptimizers has produced the most comprehensive magnesium breakthrough product on the market. I've got Wade here to tell us a little bit about it. Wade, what makes your magnesium breakthrough product so unique? Well, I think because we combine a variety of magnesiums. In fact, we use seven different types. So if you look at all the research papers out there, you'll see that they'll use various magnesiums, whether it's orotate, malate, you know, sucrosomial is a hot one that's just come out recently. And they're rated on bioavailability. But the biggest component that a lot of people don't understand with magnesium is that different types of magnesium are uptaken by different parts of the body or different organs, some in your brain, some in your nervous system, some are vasodilators. And so there's a variance in people's responses depending on what they need magnesium for. So we went out to try and solve this problem by combining all seven 
of the best magnesiums into one single capsule, which was very difficult because number one, the bonding size was different. The nozzles for the machines wouldn't work. We don't use any fillers or uh, chemical uh, excipients, the flow regulators. And then we got them in the caps and the caps rose. We had to do special ed caps. But when we solved all those problems and turned it out for ourselves because we were tired of buying, you know, I had a whole counter full of magnesiums. Well, guess what? A lot of people said this was the best magnesium product they've ever taken. And after being in this business for 18 years, it's quickly moved to our number one selling product in Bioptimizer history. What are just two or three things that magnesium is really supportive of? I know sleep challenges is one of them. What are some of the other key issues? Well, it acts as a down regulator for your nervous system to kind of help you relax and go into, you know, out of fight or flight. And that's the biggest factor, especially today in a, in a high blue light electromagnetic frequency world that we find ourselves in a high stimulus environment. It's also critical for vasodilation. And vasodilation increases blood flow. And many times when we are suffering from a variety of pain or conditions in the body, it's because we're not getting oxygen in or toxins out of those tissues. And you've written a lot about it in your work. And so magnesium breakthrough, because it's so powerful and not available uh, in most North American diets because of what we've done with farming, uh, it's a great way to augment your diet. And it's easy to get. You go to magnesiumbreakthrough.com or magbreakthrough.com slash living4d. You can get a 10% discount and it's a money back guarantee. If it's not the best magnesium you've ever taken, you get your money back. Mag, M-A-G, breakthrough.com, magbreakthrough.com forward slash living4d. And is there a discount for the listeners? 10% all for right. all the listeners. All right. Give it a go, you guys. Everything I use from Bioptimizers is the best I've ever used. That's why I love Wade and Bioptimizers. So you've heard how it's made, why it's made, and how it works. If you want the best, go get it. Let's look at your wife. She's a midwife. She, we talked about the challenges she had in the system. Um, I think anybody listening could understand that. She now operates with her own private contract association. She still practices midwifery, but she's not in the licensed system. She's still helping people, and she's probably doing things that if she was in the licensed system that they would try to shut her down. How is it that she can still practice as a midwife through a private contract association without actually being a licensed midwife, without having someone attack her. Um, and, you know, because that would be technically that's practicing medicine without a license. Okay. So let's unpack that. In the legal system, which most everyone has consented to be in, yes. in the matrix, practicing midwifery, which is a very clearly defined act, without a license is illegal. Yes. Okay. So if you want to do that with the permission, and there are very clear penalties for if you infringe upon that. So the legal system <clears throat> has jurisdiction over those who consent to be bound by the legal system. The legal system code and statutes are produced to protect the public, the members of that system. Okay. So the private contract association first 
exists in a jurisdiction outside of the matrix. That's kind of one leg of the stool, which means she is no longer engaging in what is the regulated activity, which is practicing midwifery without a license on the public. So none of these things are true anymore. She is now in a private jurisdiction, meaning not connected or attached to the rules and regulations of the matrix. She is providing services only to members who have agreed through a private contract to join her, and really it's a mission-based society is what we create, who have consented to join that. Which is legal. Which is lawful. Okay, so I understand that you made that distinction earlier, but what happens when somebody else maybe doesn't like you and then reports you and says, this person's practicing without a license under this private contract association, but they're infringing on my ability to make a living because I've lost five clients to them in the last month and I don't want it to happen anymore. And then you you now have uh, the physical therapy board or the midwifery board or somebody coming after you. Can your private contract association stand up in a court of law? So there are a lot of threads to pull on to answer that question. Mm, we'll pull because it's important. So otherwise, it, otherwise it's it, it's a bunch of time, energy, and money for something that d- doesn't really protect you. Yes. So let's say. I mean, midwives get cease and desist letters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? So that's often step one. <laughs> so who is issuing a cease and desist letter? And over whom do they have jurisdiction? Right. So those are the first couple questions that have to get answered. Yeah. Uh, the reason that we style these structures as mission-based societies, you could call them church auxiliaries, is because there is long-standing precedent in the legal system for how they can and not can and cannot be dealt with. Okay. Mm-hmm. Apart from that, your response to a situation like that will depend on your understanding of exactly how the system works. So, we're trained to be slaves in the legal system, right? And if you're doing work in a private contract association, And at the first sign of trouble, respond to it like a slave in the legal system. That would be a mistake. Because you're kind of stepping back into the system that you created the association to get out of. So you're kind of just cutting your own throat. So there are a lot of ways to do that. There are a lot of ways to shoot yourself in the foot. Okay. Apart from that, uh, in the legal system, it's all dead corporate fiction, right? So when you get charged with something, again, that's not your body per se. Mm -hmm. That's this corporate entity. There's been a charge on that account. Well, there are ways to, so it's about money at the end of the day, right? Of course it is. Mainly because they need to monetize the value of humanity to continue to create currency that keeps the system going yeah we're the gold bricks and the uh, illusory um uh, uh what do you call it federal reserve 
you're literally the value, which is why when you sign a promissory note, the bank takes that as an asset you're promised to pay, trades it with the Fed, who puts dollars in their account, newly created, that they loan to you that you have to pay back. But if you follow the accounting of that operation, your signature is what funded the loan, which if the average Joe ever knew, they would freak out. Your life force created the asset that created the dollars that were loaned to you that you have to pay back plus extra. Okay. So the whole system is this charges and accounts. So you're really saying it's like paying a vampire to suck your blood if I get you right. Yeah. You created an asset. You ran away and left it laying there. The bank took it to the Fed and turned it in for dollars. Then they said they loaned it to you, even though you created it and you have to pay it back. So, I mean, it's a terrible situation. Plus all All the interest. (laughs) All by consent. My point in getting into all that was that that is the matrix, charges and accounts. And there are many ways to settle those charges. So when, when somebody says you're charged, traffic ticket, whatever, you can be a slave and go to court like you're told. I mean, that's what we're trained to do. But there are a lot of other options available to you. So I don't mean to like not give you a definitive answer, but I'm trying to let people see how many steps and avenues are available to one, shoot yourself in the foot, or to stand on what you're doing and successfully defend yourself. Are there lawyers? Is it a common law lawyer that you would hire to protect you in a situation like that? In other words, are there lawyers that know how to defend somebody with a private contract association that's being what would look like lawfully attacked, but actually unlawfully attacked. Well, I mean, to ask an attorney isn't helpful, right? Because they're in the legal system. So they'll think you're nuts. They'll be like, this is stupid. Well, what happens if you have to go to court? Well, that's a whole other, that's a whole other ball of wax. I'm just talking about all the steps that can be taken before anything like that would happen. But so you asked about a common law lawyer. Common law is like the law of the land, right? It's existed for a long time. The issue is that as kind of a debt slave, which we all have consented to being just growing up, you don't have access to that, which is why when people go into court and start arguing and doing this common law thing, it doesn't work. So, you know, when we got the PCA, the guy said, call us if you ever have trouble. Like, I mean, we didn't even know to ask more like, hey, dude, just a second here. Could you take us through some scenarios? Um, We provide that same offer to the people we work with, mainly because our understanding of how the system works is just not normal. Like we've seen magical things and impossible things be done because people just understand how it works. So it's hard to answer your question, given the perception that most people will have about how these issues are settled. Does that make sense? Well, it does. But what I'm trying to do is because, you know, if someone's going to invest the money with you or anybody else to try to create more freedom, but that freedom is contingent upon 
the agreement of the law. I mean, I could start an association and call it, uh, you, you know, Paul's orgiastic uh, nightclub. And as soon as the local Christians found out people were coming here and having orgies under their own consent as members of an association, it wouldn't take 20 minutes before some cop showed up at the door to take you to jail. And then you'd have to go to court or, or figure out how to get yourself out of it. But you'd say, well, every one of these people was in a private contract association. They all agreed to this. And uh, that's none of your business. So the, the question I'm asking is, how do you defend yourself in a situation like that when you are abiding by painting on your own canvas according to the rules and regulations of a private contract association? Everybody's consented, but your next door neighbor just simply doesn't like it. Yeah. Well, choosing a private contract association isn't going to change your neighbor, right? And it's not going to change what he does, but it will change how a response is created to those things. So for example, there has to be jurisdictional attachment between the legal system and what you're doing. Could you describe that in more clarity? Because those words... Yeah. So let's say you have to let's know say, what the words mean before you can understand them. Exactly. So let's say you work at Walmart and they tell you to wear brown pants on Thursdays. The CEO of McDonald's has an issue with that. He says, I hate brown pants. I'm going to sue you because you're wearing brown pants on Thursdays. People would laugh at that, yeah. right? Because the CEO of McDonald's has no jurisdiction over an employee at Walmart. Right. Okay. So, now so you're making sense. That's a really silly example. But it makes the point. But that is the point. That is one strength of going to the pains that we've done to set these things up appropriately. Mm -hmm. So if you go looking at case law online for private contract associations, <clears throat> you're never going to find any newspaper article that says raw milk club successfully, you know, sells millions of dollars of raw milk in Kentucky, where they treat it like you were selling cocaine if you sell raw milk. Yeah. You're never going to find press like that. You're only going to find the guy who didn't do it right, who got into trouble and got fined $50,000. So they can scare everybody else from trying to do it. I mean, it's common sense, right? So in all the work that my wife and I have done going down the rabbit hole, we're not expecting a thank you letter. Like, oh, you figured it out. Good job. Like, you can live <laughs> how you want now. It's not going to happen. You just see on the news these sovereign citizen quackos, right? And I mean, even that sovereign citizen is an oxymoron. Like a citizen is a slave and a sovereign, like those two things cannot exist. So they take these ideas, they manipulate the memetics of them to make it easy to talk about, and then they attach a feeling. So, yeah, so... So the jurisdiction is a big deal. It's sort of like you're, you have the jurisdiction of uh, doing whatever you want in your own home as long as it doesn't cause somebody else harm. You know, like nobody can walk into your house and, and say you can't have sex that way with your wife inside your own house. Now, if you were having sex with the windows wide open and doing it on the patio and your neighbors were all looking at it, they could probably make a case that you were being offensive in some way. Um, but technically you're in your own jurisdiction. So it would really just become a question of what's legal within the scope of your own 
yard, for example. Well, everybody's just got piles of contracts that make this difficult. Like, like, I mean, consider like the topic of CPS and children. CPS, chronic, chronic pulmonary. Child Protective Services. Oh, oh yes, yes. Oh, they, trust me, I've had my encounter with them when I wouldn't let them vaccinate Mana in the hospital. Okay, so you went to a hospital. I don't know if you got a birth certificate or not. Yeah, I do. Let's say you did. So that that allowed the child to become a ward of the state, now state property. Yes. So that's why CPS cares. They're coming to check on their property. And if <laughs> yeah, you don't right. care for it according to their guidelines, they're going to do something about it. Right. So it's the birth certificate that caused the damn problem. Consent. You gave them jurisdictional attachment. Ah. So, so these are not like theoretical things. These these have real consequences. Yes, but you see, this is this is what I was trying to get out of you. You see, I I was trying to like, how do you work your way through this? So what you're really saying is, is when I signed the birth certificate, I actually signed the my child's freedom, my child's rights over to the state, and now I am like a rental car owner. And if I'm doing your legal guardian. Yes, I'm guarding the car, and if I uh, do something they don't like, then um, they can take it away from me, but now it's a child, not a car. That's right. You, They became executor of that kid's estate, and you became legal guardians, and they are a ward of the state. So if I put it in another term, tell me if this is correct, I gave away the jurisdiction of my child as its parent to a corporate entity and so now I don't have the jurisdiction to decide whether or not it gets vaccinated because of the contract that I signed by signing the birth contract. Is that the right understanding? You might say you created a jurisdictional attachment to their system. So okay. a private contract association says I am creating my own jurisdiction and I am not attached to yours. Well, that's actually the work that FreedomWorks does. We've created the jurisdiction. Okay. And so you, as one of our members, are now, it's kind of like a fractal setup. You're creating the very same structure that we created first. Okay. So you're really the jurisdiction holder that we created. Right. Okay. So I'm actually a member of your association. Those are the only people we help. Members of our private contract, of the private contract association, yes. We don't serve the public either. And in fact, we're not a business. From from the legal system looking out, we're a mission-based society. That is the Which structure. is more like a church. It will, be viewed, it will be viewed that way from the outside looking in, even though it has nothing to do with religion. It is a group of people brought together by a common belief. And that is our mission. Mm-hmm. And that is what we work with people to set for themselves and their work in the world. Well, it's obviously working for you and your wife. Well, I mean, we, we try really hard to do the work. So part of the work is there are certain things that aren't written into our script for reality. You know, like we've disciplined ourselves to be as careful as we can with our creative capacity. I was not wired this way. I was like, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if this? so like I had no idea that over my life with that approach to the world, I was actually giving energy to all of those things. 
So this happens on many levels, this work, this journey. I can start to see the picture forming now. We're self-fulfilling prophecies. Yeah. Well, we know? all really are. It's just like you said, we give our agency away. So instead of fulfilling our own prophecy, we fulfill someone else's prophecy. Well, and you can start to dissect this so that you see that it really is all rational. We're afraid that if we do X, they are going to come and get us. That is a thought form that's like shared among billions of people. Mm, it's designed that way. That's the defense meme. But we made it, which means we have the power. Where you submitted to it, you may not have made it. Well, we gave our energy to it, to perpetuating its life. Yes, but I'm saying obviously we talk about who's behind the matrix and nobody knows. Somebody else set it up for their own that's benefits. Right. That, that's the genius of the system. They got humans to power the prison. <laughs> and they got human taxpayers to pay for the vaccinations that have proven to be more dangerous than helpful and many other such things. And they got humans to police themselves so that when you dare scale the fence, your family says you're reckless. I mean, it's just genius. Uh-huh. It is genius, but um, it's also evil genius. And that's why I wanted to talk to you. Because I wanted to say, okay, how do we, um, how do we get ethical and moral and create uh, first systems that we use personally, like you and your wife are doing, which then becomes systems that grow to be communal, which then grows to be societal, which then grows to be cultural, which then progressively pushes the matrix uh, into uh, only the places where people are dumb enough to keep doing it. Yeah, we'll rob it of life force in a totally peaceful way. <laughs> I don't think I don't think robbing life force can be coupled with the word peace. Well, it's not it's not uh, it's not conflict. It is the redirection of your life force for creating the world you want. No, I meant if they if, if you keep doing the matrix that's not peaceful. Oh, no, no, no. I meant this path is robbing the matrix of the life force that we're currently providing to it. Well, you just gave me an emotional erection. Thank you. Um, it's good that nobody can see it because it's big and hard and happy. And <laughs> and I'm saying, yes, uh, you know, look, I, I just want to make it clear to the listeners. I'm not trying to be a rebel. I'm not trying to start shit. I'm really genuinely interested in finding people like yourself that have come up with solutions that allow all of us to live and focus putting on putting our time and energy into the things that make life sustainable for each other and the planet. Because the same people that run the damn matrix you're talking about who created this admiralty law system and corporate hijacking own the corporations that are destroying our planet. They own the oil corporations. They own the mining corporations. They own the banking systems. They own all the systems that if you do your homework, turns out to be the major polluters and the major destroyers of the very planet. And I don't really, if, if it comes down to what's more important to me, uh, making the legal system work better and making things cheaper so you can get more shit on Amazon in a hurry or protecting nature, I 
with 38 years of research and being raised on a farm and understanding how nature works, say, guess what, boys and girls, we got a much bigger problem because none of this shit matters when there's no insects left, there's no pollinators. None of this shit matters when all your soil's poisoned. None of this shit matters when we trigger off a greenhouse effect that raises the temperature just a little bit more and we're suffering massive floods and death and destruction and mayhem everywhere. See, I'm trying to put the horse in front of the cart because this is about something much bigger than whether or not uh, we can do what we want to do in our business as a midwife or a Czech professional or anything else because the people that we're trying to create freedom from have to be differentiated and, and identified because if we let them keep going, they're going to keep us burning fossil fuels and doing the things that people are doing so unconsciously that when the shit hits the fan, these are the same people that don't know how to plant a seed, find water or what the fuck to do. And it's going to be Mad Max real time. Which I'm sure is the point. Right. And the reason I was interested in talking to you is because what I see you are about is a legitimate step in the right direction of the practice and restoration of authentic freedom, not to control other people, but to really do what you want to do in your life so that we can all learn how to recognize that we're far better off when we're doing what we love to do because then we're supporting each other genuinely, not as part of some corporate entity where we just get a paycheck and we let the corporation decide who's our friend and who's our enemy, and we let them decide how we're going to destroy the planet or not destroy the planet, because ultimately, at the end of the day, whether you're on the corporate payroll or not, if there's no more bugs pollinating plants, we're all dead. So I'm saying what I see this as as a movement in the right direction where we actually start creating jurisdiction over ourselves, and once we have jurisdiction over ourselves, then we can say, now we've got to extend that and take our freedoms back and our planet back. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. I mean, you could consider this like a, gate, a gateway drug of the best variety. You know, That's, what I, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. It's, it's something that is only two steps maybe away from normal for a lot of people, but it initiates a process that you don't put that box back together once you've seen things yeah, in the new way. Yeah, you can't unsee freedom. And so that ripples everywhere. Yes. Symbiotica makes an amazing product called Liposomal B12. I love it. It tastes great. It's very effective. But I am not the technical engineer behind the genius of the product. And the man that is is sitting right here. So, Shervin, tell us what is unique about Liposomal B12 and why should people consider using it? Well, I'd like to call it a much longer name but in the <laughs> i'm sure you could yeah it, but at the scope of you know having to label something it's called liposomal b12 but in actuality it's liposomal methyl cobalamin and liposomal adenosyl cobalamin which are two forms of b12 that are readily um, usable by the body in terms of cellular energy and methylation hmm. we also have l-methylfolate in there and vitamin B6 pyridoxine mm -hmm. in combination with fulvic minerals, which actually push the vitamins to do their job. And you know, a lot of people talk about B12 being an energy producer, right. but it's not a stimulant. Mm -hmm. What it does is it cleans up the cell, allows the cell to properly methylate, which means cleansing the cell, yeah. which ultimately when you cleanse the cell, 
you get more energy. So yeah. this, this formula it, and it being in liposomal form is probably all of our all of my top athletes' favorite product, and I use it every single day. And another thing to just really quick jump on is we have this whole thing with MTHFR gene mutation. Yeah, that's a big thing that everyone now is getting tested on. A lot of children are considered to be on the spectrum when the whole time they weren't properly methylating. Right. This is, you know, fuel for that fire of the methylation process. That's specifically what this product is. This is a methylator. Which means what to the layman? Which means that it allows the body to recognize which cells need to be cleansed, which cells need to have programmed death apoptosis, Mm -hmm. helps the body go into autophagy. All of the things regarding macrophages and cellular cleanup and all that stuff, you need this nutrient in these forms to have a very cohesive system. And today we need clean cells and it actually works very fast as well. I mean, when I squirt it in my mouth, I can feel it happening quickly. It's almost immediately. And just like any other Symbiotica product, there's no additives, there's no fillers. We've really upgraded the original product to where we're at today. And if you're listening to this, you're going to be getting the new version of this, which is just through the roof. It tastes delicious. It's awesome. It's in our Myron glass bottle. So it's blocked from ultraviolet light. This stuff is, you know, it's it's the best ever. Yeah. Awesome. So If you want to get the world's greatest liposomal B12, go to symbiotica.com, C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com, and use the code CHECK15 on checkout. You won't be disappointed. Now, I think for myself, and I'm hoping for the listeners, I've been able to bring out of you what I needed to get out of you to really see what a private contract association is, why it's important, how the transformation takes place, and how it's not just a legal bunch of paper. It's actually a transformation within the individual about not only how they live, but making an agreement with others that we're going to live this way together. Your wife can do what she does because the other people say, I'm willing to live that way with you. Yes. And that is the power of two humans coming together. Yes. That's called a relationship. It's synergistic. You know, magic can happen then. Yes. And it's not just the midwife because somebody in that association could be a butcher or they could be a a construction worker or a mechanic. So ultimately, your wife could be working on the butcher's wife as a midwife, but he could say, I don't have the money to pay you, but I have some meat to pay you. And because we're in the same association, instead of trading dollars or checks or using credit cards, we actually trade services because we're practicing freedom together, not being in a slavery system. Yeah, that's that's how it happens. Like my wife and her work is at the point where she's experimenting with those models where there is an exchange that is kind of left up to the person she is serving and the magic that gets created from the synchronicities of I have this and now it's yours. And this is coming from like, you talk about being in the flow of like the divine energetics. It's beautiful to live there. Yeah. I like it. It is not a place of fear. It is a place of wholeness, no matter what the circumstance. And not only is that attractive to humans, people can feel when you are that way, um, but it's transformational to other people, whether or not they're looking to change. Yeah. See, 
you've successfully got my attention. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Meaning, you know, I came into this because one, Nathan's going through the process and he's, and I know the situation he came out of as a medical doctor. And I've watched many medical doctors lose their license in my career for doing good work for people, for helping them, for telling them the truth. Right. I'll give you an example. I've got books, one book in my library written by an orthopedic surgeon that has an interesting factoid in it. It says only one in 1300 x-rays taken ever changes the course of treatment. Now, the average x-ray is about $75. Okay, do the math on that. Okay, so what we've got is a system where if a doctor wants to use a manual therapy diagnosis like a typical osteopath, and he's in a hospital, and they find out that he didn't have that person x-rayed or MRI'd or scanned, which means they didn't make enough money off him, they now attack him for not practicing medicine. But yet, if I told you you had a 1 in 1,300 chance of winning at a game, but it was going to cost you uh, a leg or an arm, I don't think many rational people would do it. But you see the system set up to force you to do it, and they call that medicine. So when doctors start telling the truth about that, they get attacked. I've got a book written by a lady that got sued by the Canadian Medical Association. It took her years and years to win the lawsuit, but they did everything they could do to break her financially. She finally won it, but she had to defend herself, not because she did anything wrong, because she was helping people. And I've got another book called The Politics of Healing by Dan Haley that documents I think 12 medical doctors that came up with cures for cancers and things like that and miraculously committed suicide or were found dead. And everybody in their family said, this is just no possibility that this person committed suicide. They were successful. They were happy. They loved their work. There's just no way, you know, so we're, we're actually in this. I mean, and, and, for me, in, in, in kind of a paradoxical way, it's exciting. And the reason it's exciting is because there's enough pressure in the cooker right now that people are starting to get uncomfortable and they're waking up to the fact that they've been asleep for too long. You know, it's it's kind of like when the fire alarm goes off in the middle of the night and you know everybody was in bed and nobody's goofing around. The first thing you do is get the hell out of the bed and look for the fire. <laughs> Well, the fire alarm's going off, and people are now realizing that the fire is the system that we all agreed to be part of, but not knowing what we were agreeing to. So now it's wake-up time. And what I like about the Private Contract Association, especially the way you've explained it, is that not only is it a transformation into creating your own domain based on adult agreements to support each other, but you are actually coaching people so they have somebody to ask questions to and get the support from to make that transition to go through the healing process of actually detoxing the matrix to realize this is what it means to be free. Is that a fair statement? And it's a major shift. It is, but it's the shift of life. That's right. Yes. you. I mean, I can remember when I first felt life and it was scary as hell. And then you learn to have that around you always. 
that feeling always. And then you realize it's the vibrancy of life. What you interpreted as fear early on shifts into vitality. And so all that changed was your perception. And that is where the brainwashing really works. You know, that's why they say perception is reality. Well, Jason, we've covered pretty much everything uh, in my outline. And except one thing, could you share what the, can you give us what the investment is? You said it's 30 to 60 days. Is that right? Yeah, 30 to 60 days. The material investment is, I said, a few thousand dollars, depending on your situation. I mean, this is uh, what I described to you early on with some of our experiences with PCAs. You could equate that to a PCA puppy mill, you know, churning out the documents and stuff like that. And when we started this, it was very much with the opposite intention in mind, meaning we're dealing with human beings. And each person is at their own place. And we, although we design processes to help us, it's a very like we're working to allow someone to be who they're here to be. And so that requires a fair amount of personal attention. Yeah. Now you, if I was if I'm mistake, if I'm mistaken, tell me, but before I thought that the fee was $5,000 to, to do this. Yeah. The, so we're not a business. So it's a donation. Cause it's a, you're, you're actually joining the, your private contract association. So there, it's not really a, transfer fee it's a donation like you would donate in a church so that's right and all of this is laid out very clearly in the contract that our members agree to right right and so we are operating not as a commercial entity we're you know so all of this again i said none of this is secret like the private refers to the jurisdictional location of the work yeah. so yeah the donation is five thousand dollars that's correct and then um we we worked out that the uh Living 4D listeners can get a $150 discount if they mention they came from this podcast. Yeah, we will certainly offer that as an appreciation for being a listener to your podcast and all the work you do. Did we have a code to offer people? Do you have a website or do they just need to say to you to get their discount? I'm coming from Paul Check's podcast or Living 4D with Paul Check. Yeah, what I prepared is, you know, our journey, we're not a business. So we're not out there selling what we have. Clearly, as I've explained, this is not right for everyone. Right. Well, I know that. No one's going to... The $5,000 will separate out the wheat from the chaff. Yeah, but even more than that, uh, this, is not, this is for people only in two situations. Number one, you philosophically at a deep level resonate with this path. Yes. And even though your business situation or your livelihood situation might not require that you do something like this, that's why you're going to do it anyway. We have members there for that reason. The other set of people is people like my wife who are either targeted and or feel that the nature of the structures that they've agreed to are not allowing them to do their best work in the world. Yes. Well, I fit in both categories. I mean, I've been dealing with this my whole life, but um and that's why why it was recommended to me 20 years ago to do this. So Yeah, which is amazing that I mean this is this has been an option for a long time but that was way underground back then. Um so that's it amazing was, that you heard it, about and that. And I didn't have anybody explaining it to me like you are. It was just it was just simply a business consultant said the best situation for you guys with the type of in, uh, education you give 
and the complications that happen when people get skilled at being holistic health practitioners is they always put run the risk of helping people too much and triggering an alert from the money monsters and you would be safer if you were a private uh, then it was called a private membership association which i looked at and i liked i mean and he gave me two sheets of paper <laughs> about it but now that i've understood it to me it's much more than about the business it's about the healing and the philosophy and what it means to be human and what it means to be part of a planet that needs us to respect the great chain of being and stop thinking that we're everything's just here for us to destroy and do whatever the hell we want with, but realizing that you see, if we ran the planet as a private membership association, then every insect and every bird, bee, and flower and tree would be a member of the association, wouldn't it? Well, I might argue that it is, right? That is the unspoken agreement that we're supposed to be adhering to that many have run afoul of. That's my point. Yes. The point, though, is we have to get conscious of what's been unconscious, hidden, or negated because it's going to cost us our lives if we don't. And people might think I'm a fear monger. I am not. I am an ex-paratrooper that's trained to recognize enemies when they're present. And I'm also a guy that grew up on a farm that lived on a farm that if you fucked up, you starved to death because nature has rules and principles and laws. And I'm a guy that grew up raising animals, falling in love with them, and then having to see them slaughtered and knows how painful it is. And that helps you not overeat animals because you realize you're destroying another living being that's aware of your emotions and it's just as alive as you and has just as much right to live and has just as important a function in nature as you do. So we either realize we're part of a bigger whole and we each have a role to play that supports all the other roles, or we keep pretending we're not part of nature. And then when we kill it, we kill ourselves and we go, well, we just fucked up another planet. Where are we going to go shopping now? It's 2.2 million light years to our nearest uh, galaxy neighbor or whatever you want to, I mean, the star system. In other words, we put ourselves in a very dangerous predicament out of subservience and stupidity. So to me, what you're doing is to step in the right direction philosophically and from a practice perspective or a professional perspective for key people in key situations like your wife and others that want to practice to the full of their potential but are being limited because it limits the profitability of the matrix uh, <laughs> monsters. Yeah, and it's a step against the current, which is moving humanity to a state of dependence on every level. Which is, which is, look, if you're dependent upon a drug dealer, then you're only supporting the destruction of everybody because that spreads. If your dependence is on each other and on the planet, then that's not dependence. That's called responsibility. Interdependence, perhaps. Interdependence. Yeah. So that's the correct word. Thank you. Interdependence. Yeah, so like it's, a marriage. 
it's a vibration of life. It is love. You know? Yeah. And so this is just a practical way to express that. Thank you. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, sure. Um, I think I'll end just with, you know, so if people want, we start with information uh, because we want people who are choosing this on purpose. Um, So I prepared some of that for your listeners. If they go to freedomworkspca.org forward slash Paul check, they can enter their information and we'll send them a bunch of things to review. Excellent. I'm going to, I want you to send them to me if you could be so kind. I surely will. You, you have my email address. Uh, they can take their time reviewing that, ask questions, contact info will be included. Should people want to begin the process, the first step is completing what we call an expression of interest. It's just that we want to learn about you to ensure that we're a good fit for what you're trying to achieve. Yes. Okay. So there's that extra step in there. And then from there, you would become a member of the private contract association, Freedom Works. Yeah. And then we would start taking you through the process. Excellent. So yeah. anybody feel f- free to reach out with questions or any more clarification that you need about anything I said here. I'm happy to offer it. And ultimately the reason to do it will be, this is how I will close, is because Freedom Works. It does. It's an amazing gift that we can be stewards of because without it, you're not really alive yet. I don't think so. I mean, I was dead for half of my life. So I have something to compare it to. Yeah. And the, the difference is amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jason, for what you're doing. Thank you for laboring my probing questions. <laughs> <laughs> that was fine. But you know what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to pretend that I'm representing the audience that don't know which questions to ask or are trying to yell through their phone, well, what about this or what about that? Because I want people not to contact you unless they're educated enough that it's worth your time. Or it's kind of like um, you're selling a Porsche, but everybody shows up looking for a Volkswagen and all they say is, wow, why is that Volkswagen so expensive? Because it's not a Volkswagen, it's a Porsche. Yeah, generally... You know, we get some of that, but generally we are sending out a signal that when the right people receive it, there is something deep within themselves that lets them know I should take a step closer to this. Not, we don't end up working with all of them, but they just know if it's something that they should look at. I think personally from, from what I've gained from this podcast is that one of the most important things for all of us listening to do is look at the principle or the principles behind what this actually means, which we've discussed thoroughly. But like, look at what this stands for. It stands for freedom, and it stands for adulthood, and it stands for taking responsibility for your choices, your actions, and it stands for being moral and ethical because in a private membership association, you're in a relationship with everybody interacting with you within the association. So they're kind of like family in a way. They're people that you have said you will be responsible to and with. That's family. Yeah. I mean, most people haven't can't do that with their family, but I think anyone listening understands the point. And I think we've lost that bond together. We really have. We've lost 
our connection to each other and what's important for each other. And what's important is, is the color of our skin is not an issue to argue and fight over. What's important is that we are, are, are all here to live and love and create and make beauty together. And to me, if everybody was the same color of skin, it would be like eating the vanilla cake all day, every day, and you'd get sick of it. I, I think the diversity amongst us is what makes humanity beautiful, and diversity of nature is what not only makes it beautiful, but sustainable. But what's happening is they're censoring out and trying to get rid of diversity and trying to get rid of personal opinion and creativity and turning us all into fucking robots. Machines. Yeah, I mean, coming together like this, you know, helps to destroy the illusion that has been concocted to divide that, you know, black and white and all these simple, like good and bad, violent and peaceful, like all these divisions we've been served. Because when like John gets to know Sue, he just knows her as Sue. And he and none of these other ways that people are being divided matter. So in in one way, this is restoring like the individual and the value that each one brings. It allows us to see that again. I think that's so important, man. I mean, what you get without that is this. That's where we're at. And yeah. it's dangerous as hell. It's as unloving as can get. It's. It's really, you know, it's it's debatably an evil way to live. It is the absence of love. It's the absence of love. That's evil. And I, I personally, I have empathy for people caught in it because we're all human and we're all here and we've all been subjected to things that we were unconsciously subjected to. So... Even though I don't agree with a lot of political opinions or medical opinions or things about what's going on with COVID, I still know that those are human beings and I just have empathy, which is why on my podcast, I really try to educate people and help them have what it takes to make an informed decision so that they can do it as an adult, not as someone that's been hoodwinked. Yeah. You know, it is growing up. We all get to grow up now in one way or the other, you know, to, to develop the skills and understanding and awareness to manage your own affairs yeah. is something the system would like to keep from everyone. Well, I've said it many times and I'll say it again. I'm willing to die for freedom because then I know what I died for and I can be at peace with myself on the other side. But when when people die for conforming to something that they knew was evil from the beginning, well, then they're guilty by association. And sleeping inside of a mind and a body like that must just be the shits. Yeah, it's a hard road. Like all the bribery that went on through this whole COVID thing, I've studied this extensively. Even churches getting paid $5 million to not open their churches. Doctors signing death certificates with false diagnoses. The list is very long. The amount of money that's been spent to bribe the very people that are supposed to be protecting us, the fact that it worked this long means that we have a very seriously sick culture. And this is what you're offering is a step in 
taking responsibility for beginning a healing process. Yeah. I mean, you can change the world because you change you. You're done. You've done That it. affects somebody else and that affects somebody else. And it's just a chain reaction of transformation that is really unstoppable. And that's beautiful. So Jason, cool. thank you. Thank Tell you. your wife I said thank you. I sure will. Tell all Thanks your for having me. kids I said thank you too. I will. Because <laughs> I know they're little geniuses for sure. <laughs> and um, thank you to all of you for listening. I hope you find this is as important as I do. I know if you're still listening, you do. And thank you to our sponsors. Uh, because I know every one of my sponsors would really, really agree with what you're saying. Because they're all loving people that care for the planet that are using sustainable practices and doing their very best to be creative and, and live and love in the world to help make the world a better place. And thank you all of you for sharing the episode with anybody that you feel is um, <laughs> open enough to hear some truth. And uh, let's all do this together. Um, this may or may not be right for you. You may or may not uh, feel like this is needed, but I know there's a number of you out there that see, feel, and understand the essence of what we've discussed here for two hours and 52 minutes, which went by quite quick. It was quite an exciting little quick. conversation. And it must have been good because I didn't have to get up and pee. So you, you're, you're, you, you even got my bladder interested. Good job. Good readout on the P-meter. That's a good yeah, the day. The old P-meter tells you how good a <laughs> podcast is. All right, you guys, Excellent. lots of love. Thanks for joining me. Jason, Thank you very much. I hope plenty of people join your association. And I'm going to look over the information myself. I'm going to talk to Penny and Angie and our CEO. And we might be part of your family just soon enough here. We're happy to have you. Thank Thanks, you so buddy. Much. Lots Take of care. love. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Living 4D with Paul Check and today's guest, Jason Leister. To find out more about working with Jason and the team at FreedomWorks and to save $150, go to freedomworkspca.org forward slash Paul Check and use the code CHECK150. That's freedomworkspca.org forward slash P-A-U-L-C-H-E-K and the code is uppercase C-H-E-K-150. Follow Paul on Instagram at paul.check, on Twitter at paulcheck or on his YouTube podcast channel youtube.com forward slash living4d with Paul Check. Watch more on Paul's blog at paulchecksblog.com and you can get your free subscription to Check videos and more at the Czech Institute's new media site chikiva.com. You can read the show notes and find links to the resources mentioned in this episode at checkinstitute.com forward slash podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and a warm review at the top of the show page on Spotify or at the bottom of the show page if you are listening on Apple Podcasts.